uh, you know, but she handles it. She, it's a, I think it's a great escape for her where she can come in and she sincerely enjoys the games. Yeah. And kind of behind the scenes, she, uh, you know, to fit in, I, I she didn't even know she was doing this, I don't yeah, think, but, right. you know, she likes to cook. So she made the offensive linemen these homemade Pop Tarts. Oh, wow. So it was over. What? Right, was Taylor <laughs> Swift yeah. homemade yeah. Pop Tarts? Yeah, so it was over. She knew right where to go. The right to go. Yeah. Did, did you get one? Did, yeah. they yeah. they they you one? The did they close the rest of the team? Did they give you one? You know, she didn't give me one. I'm like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> and the office of linemen definitely <laughs> didn't give me one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu Shib. Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Also, it's mooning right now. Now, way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. Now, you can buy SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges. Like I said, the price has actually been moving up over the past week. My favorite place to buy is to buy Coinbase, buy and hold. But the best place to find more information about investing in SHIBA Inu is by following at SHIB Token on Twitter. There you'll find links to the subreddit, the Discord, Telegram, everywhere else to arm yourself with more information about investing in SHIBA Inu. Diamond paws, SHIB to the moon. All right, let's start the show. And welcome back to the Evil Mark Show. My name is Mark Hammond, and I'm happy to be the Mark in the Evil Mark Show, broadcaster and uber sports nerd ready to take you on your sports talk journey. Now, some people call me Pinguino Supremo, but today I will be your Svengali while we dive into the funny, odd, weird, and interesting stories from the world of sports. And I actually have some baseball stuff to talk about today. It's shocking, but <laughs> I, I always get geeked up for the first week of spring training. And then after that, I'm like, then I start to come to the realization it's a long season. It's such a long season. None of this really matters. Think about it. April, the first week of April, I'm like, no, I'm done with this. This is too long. This season's way, way too off long. The cliff immediately. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not into it. I was. I wasn't into it. If only we could shrink this whole season down to about like 40 games. Like we could, I, it would be exciting for me. Uh, but at this point, I'd like to welcome my co-host and co-conspirator, Eric. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy, my rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. He's the host of the File Under Entertainment podcast and a man who can now, with confidence, acquire a Cody Bellinger Cubs jersey. Eric Stevens, how are you doing today? Yeah, that was great news. And now I have a new life goal, not only to attain this Cody Bellinger Cubs jersey, but also to get a Taylor Swift homemade Pop-Tart. Like, what what do I have to do to get get that? I mean, homemade Pop-Tarts. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here as always, Mark. How are you doing, buddy? I am doing great. Uh, yeah, when, when I heard about these homemade Pop-Tarts, I was like, first of all, I know we've talked about Pop-Tarts in the past. You're pretty much a, a man who who will not go with a, a toaster strudel, will not go with a toastum, uh, will not go with, with any alternatives. But a homemade Pop-Tart by one Taylor Swift, yay or nay? <laughs> yes, very much so, yes. I'm trying to find my, I had a great Pop-Tart sound. I can't find it right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm shocked by this. I'm interested to see them. Uh, I, I'm interested to know how long this takes to cook. What does this taste <laughs> like? Uh, uh, homemade Pop-Tart just sounds like a very ambitious prod, uh, project. Well, but, like, when does, she, when does she have the time to do it? Like, she's <laughs> like in between the Eras tour and jet setting all around the world and going to all these games and all these parties and after parties and award shows like when the fuck does she find the time to make homemade pop tarts that's just incredible 
Well, you know, from what I understand, if you if you go to yumly.com, they they say that in order to make uh, this 16 servings of homemade Pop-Tarts, you need two pie crusts, a half cup of strawberry preserves, three cups of confectioner sugar, three-fourths of a tablespoon of vanilla extract, four teaspoons of water, or enough to reach desired consistency. My question for you, Eric, is like, so she's got to run to the store to, to get the ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. Like just one private jet flight, or there and back. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta believe that if she's actually doing the cooking herself, at the very least, she's having someone else like procure this stuff for her. I, I can't imagine what kind of hellscape nightmare that would be for her to just like go down to the local high V or something, right? <laughs> like that just that would not happen. Like her. Piggly Wiggly or whatever she's got, wherever she is. So, um, yeah, I, you got to think that she's got a personal shopper going for her. And those people probably know that that's her personal shopper. And so that person probably gets a costage as well. But um, what, still what if it's that? Lot. What if it's yeah. that nasty little supermarket, the one that's got a, a, a Islamic name? Uh, Ali? Ali D? It's like a... Al- like- oh, Ali? Aldi, yeah. <laughs> L-E-Z? Aldi? It's, it's German, you know that, right? Oh, it's a, oh, oh. Well, he, here this I, I, so bad. I, I was holding, I was holding, I got to tell you, like, I, I see, a, I see that name and I, and I go, I, I embody the spirit of Clint Eastwood. I was like, what the hell did we fight for? Got a goddamn, <laughs> goddamn. Muslim supermarket undercutting their nasty version of Oreos. I didn't know. I didn't know it was German. I, I, that also makes me root against it as well. I don't, I can't, I can't abide. It's like when I see a, a shawarma restaurant, I'm like, I, I instantly have that, like, like, what did we do? What did we, what did we spend all those lives on that we have this restaurant here? Why can't it be like a, barbecue a hot dog and a hamburger restaurant (laughs) eric we used to have a country (laughs) Uh, makes me sick motherfucker how far it does we used to we used to have a country we used to we used to stand for something makes me sick motherfucker how far we done fell Everything is foreign. <laughs> Everything is foreign. Aldi, Aldi, yeah, I, Aldi, we ha- yeah. We we have one in in Arizona. It's right next to. I should have known it was European because it's right next to the Panera Bread. And I <laughs> see people go in there, and I always eye them suspiciously. I'm like, look at them, traitor to America. <laughs> oh, it's it's everywhere. And I had like I know that they've kind of like they've turned around. They've actually come a long way. They actually have some. Uh, high quality products. I, some of the people that I don't like swear by uh, shopping there, but like when I was a kid, there was like one around us and it was like, it was the poor people like grocery store. And that's like, you know, when my family was going through hard times or whatever, we didn't have a lot of money. That's where we would have to do our shopping. And it's just so um, I always kind of associate it with that and ha- like the shitty parts of, of my childhood. And so I know that that's a me problem. That, that's not all these <laughs> problems. But uh, I've just never been able to kind of get over it. So it's like uh, I've been back in there only a couple of times. Like Megan's like, oh, they've got like good produce. Why don't we just go there to try to like check and look at the produce? Like, I don't want to fucking go there. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to like the fucking dirt people grocery store. She's like, it's not like that anymore. Like you can't. 
you got to get over it. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Like, I don't like, I don't like it. I'd rather spend three times the price to buy like the same thing but rather than, you know, give them a new one. I just can't do it. I'd rather go. To, I'd rather go to the Kroger, spend one hundred twenty-five dollars on fifty dollars worth of food. <laughs> Be a That's proud American. Awesome. We we go to like the, this normal place where we get groceries. It's like it's great because it's huge. They've got everything. It's all the name brand stuff, and like even their like kind of like generic store brand stuff is still pretty good. Not the pop tarts, but like everything else. <laughs> but it's like you can go to uh, Jewel, which is another big one, and like that same exact stuff is like. It literally is like twenty five percent or more higher. Like you, you're just getting you. They rake you over the coals, man. Like I don't know how anyone gets all of the groceries from Jewel. I, I just I don't know how it's done. It's, it's, I, uh, do you guys have that same kind of thing where it's just like one grocery store is like all the normal stuff, but then there's another like grocery store where it's like it's the same stuff, but the prices are jacked up through the nines. Like, do you have that? Yeah, like out here, well, it it is Kroger, or for our California listeners, I think it's called. Um, well, in Oregon, they call it Fred Meyer. It's all owned by like the same conglomerate, or Ralph's is is what they call it in uh, um, California as well. But Kroger out here, they call it Fries for some reason because I think Fries used to be out here. So Fries is usually your cheaper option, but the more expensive, like fancier grocery store is like the Albertsons and the Safeway. Those are the okay. those are where they cost a little bit more, but you're like it's cleaner. It's not like it doesn't look like the uh, the bus station from Total Recall. Like you, you'll feel <laughs> safe there. There's not like a, a dog barking. <laughs> like there is there is some fancy fries. There's there's some real bougie ones with like in really really white uh, enclaves of Scottsdale where they're like they got a cheese tasting on Wednesday. They got a wine bar. They got a sushi station. Like there are some fancy ones, but for the most part, they're just a dirty disgusting grocery store where you go in there get everything get the hell out of there as soon as possible you're just trying to to beat the rush and they'll tell you like oh you you got to try the fried chicken you got to try the fried chicken i'm telling you anytime someone's like suggesting like this is this grocery store has good like hot food they don't they don't like someone's lying (laughs) to themselves that's that's what it is (laughs) it's like it's good for what it is that's 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 how we preface it, right? That's like all the Midwesterners who, who email the show and they're they're like, when we, I think one time we trashed on QT and I didn't realize, and let me, let me make the official correction. The QT on the West coast is way different from the quick trip in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the upper Midwest. And, and they, they were like, no, no, your guys's QT has got disgusting hot dogs and disgusting food. I'm like, <laughs> but your gas station has wonderful hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> There's still gas station to hot dogs. Let's I mean, think about what you're saying, people. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. You know, I was always, I was really shocked. And I swear, people, this is a sports show. But when I, when I went to see Eric in Illinois, I like, yeah, not anymore. Now we're, it's a, it's a food review show. <laughs> exactly. I, I Grocery a, store hour. <laughs> you kind of live near a Circle K. And I remember when I walked over to the Circle K, I was like, this looks exactly like home. Every single convenience store in, in Phoenix is in, in all, almost all of Arizona is Circle K. It's like, that's our thing. There's just so many of them. And it looks exactly the same as there. It kind of felt comforting. I'm like, oh, look at that. You got the thirst buster. I'm like, this is Arizona here. It, this is this is the greatest. I, I I love a good Circle K. And then plus you got the the tie into Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Uh, oh my gosh, Circle <laughs> K 
and that circle that circle k used to be open it's no longer a circle k it's now it's a, a bodega but for the longest time up until about two years ago the bill and ted circle k still existed out there in, in mm-hmm. tempe well that's cool great great mm-hmm. place to uh that neighborhood kind of went down it's a good place to to score heroin from my <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> very hard, cool <laughs> hardy and southern for those of you in the, uh, the phoenix area if you'd like to go down there <laughs> you'd like to score a little bit kind of experiment but no, don't do that uh <laughs> unless you're already committed just then go for it i can't stop you but uh <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's an interesting thing, yeah. I, 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 but I'm firmly against any any kind of foreign invasion. I'm against a foreign grocery store, uh, anything foreign. I'm not for it. In fact, we have a, a NASCAR store today, and I'm so thrilled by it because I know Jennifer's connected. He's been dying for us to to finally touch on NASCAR. She knew that I would be the one who'd bring the first NASCAR taco. <laughs> she said, "Eric's probably not going to be the first one to mention NASCAR." And I yes. was like, "You're you're probably right, or ever, <laughs> ever." <laughs> I'm like, "But if if you, we have something good on NASCAR, we have something good on PBR, professional bull riding. I'll give it some props, but I'm like, nothing ever interesting happens. And but something actually interesting happened this week. We got a lot of good stuff for you. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> okay. I'm tell- <laughs> I, do, do you like the Pixar movie Cars? I've never actually seen it. You've never seen Cars? I've I have not seen Cars. It's a world of cars, right? That talk like humans. But we never kind of right there in the name. (laughs) But we never address the bathroom issues, and we never address who gets into the cars. There's a lot of unanswered questions by cars. Uh, Although, uh, 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 which which Wilson is that? Not Luke Wilson. The other one, the one with the jacked up nose. uh, Owen. Owen Wilson. Yes, Owen Wilson does play the uh, the title character. (laughs) That's what he's famous. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> he's a very particular guy huh <laughs> he is there's a, a montage that you can watch it where it's just every time that owen will says <laughs> like if, if i told you like look making a movie this movie's about a serial killer we dive deep into his mind and like what is you know we, it's it's like one hour photo but it's it's about a serial killer and his obsession with with you know being a completist and, and trying to kill these women, and we're we're kicking around some stars. We're thinking like, you know, we're we're thinking Clive, we're thinking Clive Owen. We don't we're not sure if we can get him. We're thinking of Cillian Murphy I, again. His number has drastically gone up, but also we're 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 kind of thinking Owen Wilson. <laughs> Owen Wilson, <laughs> psycho serial killer. Wow, she got away. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe this. I can't even do I I can do a good Vince Vaughn though. I, I feel like not the voice, oh, but I like, so, so now that they're partners, they're like a, a Birkin hair kind of like a tag team. Like uh or uh oh what's uh shit, what's are you gonna dismember her here? Because if you dismember her here, there's gonna be all kinds of mess. You gotta clean up the mess, you gotta get the mess over there. We can't dismember her here, you gotta dismember oh, her over there. Wow, I didn't think of that. Wow. <laughs> What are you thinking? You're not even thinking about that. We literally took <laughs> wedding crashers and we've added a serial killer element. <laughs> the wedding crashers serial killer movie. All right. We're, we're, we're putting that on our shortlist next to yes. our Hallmark movie with Nick Cage. 
there's got to be a spot for Maria Menounos. Even yes. if she's just victim number one, she's in it. She's like, we got the perfect role for you. This is going to be what, what jumpstarts your career again. You get to be alongside Owen Wilson. Uh, I, I got another casting. I, I have a, how about uh, Mark Marin is the grizzled detective who's on his trail, who isn't <laughs> sure if he wants to be a cop anymore. He's like, I don't know. What is this guy doing? I don't get it, man. Like, what is he, where is he at in his process? Like, I don't know if I can <laughs> let's keep doing this. See, let's see this scene where he, he, he kind of, he thinks that he's got it figured out. Like he's, he's got a suspect list, right? And this guy is on his suspect list, but he doesn't have the incriminating evidence just yet, but he does bring him in for questioning. So now, so, <laughs> so uh, you're, Mark Barron as the investigator. And of course I'm Owen Wilson as the, as the suspect. Uh, let's 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 workshop this a little bit. Okay. <laughs> what are you thinking? Like what, what, what was the through line in, in your actions to, to commit this murder? Whoa, whoa, wait. Wow. You're saying that I'm on your suspect list? You think that it, I had something to do with this? Wow. I don't get it, man. I don't get it, man. I, I don't get it either, man. I I don't know. I think it was just I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, man. I I don't. Wow. I just I'm just so. so have you heard about? I think it was me. Have you heard about stamps.com? <laughs> With stamps.com, you can get. You don't have to go to the post office anymore. Ow. Wow! What a deal! Wow! Wow! I just shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, see, all we have to do is just send that treatment to both of those guys, and I think that uh, we, uh, that's, we got a blank check. I think we're gonna go ahead and start filming this stuff. We're in production uh, as early as next week, I think. Actually, me, me, and Mark Marin have shared. We we exchanged some nasty emails years ago, so I, I don't even know he won't remember. But yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, remember the guy? <laughs> he used to complain to you about your political opinion. <laughs> and he actually responded oh yeah when he was this is oh, way wow. way because nice. I've, I've always loved him as a comic but i like when he was first on air america when he was when he was doing that morning sedition i would have considered myself a back then a, a democrat but more of a uh blue dog kind of like pro-union pro-gun kind of democrat and i don't I I i'd be like you're out of control there's no, there's no place for normal Democrats in your vision of this party anymore. You're, you're, you're a. Uh, uh, that was when he was really going crazy about the George W. Bush thing. Like, and he, he was kind of right. <laughs> I gotta give him that. He was kind of right about all that. I'll, I'll concede that. But <laughs> I, maybe, maybe we can patch it up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the scene. I, I, once we get to the end of the, the once we get to the, the end of the, uh, after I read your rights and, you know, I get to, I, after I make the arrest, like I'm officially putting you under arrest. And I'd be like, are we good? Are we good? <laughs> <laughs> are we good? <laughs> well, you have to, like, if you'd always talked about him having that kind of thing where it's like he'll make the half ass apology, but he still, like, goes out, out of his way to make sure that the people, People know that they have done something wrong. So it's like he could have he say something, you know, to the effect of like, oh, I didn't mean to do this to you. But, you know, that you fucked that something like that. You, know? you always do. Yeah. There's no better. Like, especially I, I saw him on TikTok recently, like uh, basically. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why he just doesn't use names. He, he was like, 
he's definitely upset about the Rogan getting all that money again in <laughs> right. I think anyone who looks at anyone else who gets over a hundred million dollars, we're like, fuck him. Like really? I, that, in fact, that was his quote was the first time Rogan got all that money was like, really? That's who's going to, that's who's going to get a hundred million. <laughs> like, <laughs> which yeah, a fair question. Fair, yeah. I, I, again, I'll concede that one to him. He, <laughs> he threw uh, Brett Kreischer under the bus the other day. He's like, he's like, I don't know. There's all these guys, these mid acts that are filling stadiums. You know, comedies is is uh, been taken over by a, a tribal mindset, and and these guys who are out there doing their version of what they think comedy. <laughs> like, he's just he's I, not really wrong with that either. Uh, <laughs> he's got a point. <laughs> Are you going to pick on Brett Kreischer? You're going to pick on Kreischer? I mean, this is like... I mean, he is a Florida State guy, right? He's got it coming. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Who are you? Kirk Herbstreit? <laughs> I, I just... I feel like we're picking on a, a very slow child. Like, <laughs> like, but again, Florida State. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> in, the movie, in the movie radio, if someone would have been like, hey, 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 you know what? This guy can't be a team manager. We, you know, he's retarded, right? Like, he can't be the team manager. We'd all be like, hey, come on, come on. Radio is a good guy. He's trying here. Come on, come on. We'll just, we'll call him team manager. We'll all just kind of chip in and we'll take care of everything that needs to be done. Like, give him a little bit of grace because he's fun. He's fun. But you're kind of right about the, I mean, next year he's going to be the starting strong safety at Florida State. <laughs> he takes off that shirt every time. It's it's always sad too because it's like he knows he doesn't have to do it, but he's going to do it anyway. He goes right and he takes that shirt off, and you're just like, at one at some point it's got to stop, right? Like at some point it's going to be like it's going to be sad. Like he's going to take off that shirt, and we're like it's already oh, in there. Right? Gonna be like, right. Uh, I mean, it, it already was, but but yeah, it's so part of his shtick now. But now it's become like that's what he's known for, and it's not even about his jokes. It's just about like that's the guy with the shtick that always has a shirt off. Like mm. it's it's becoming a very uh, Jeff Foxworthy or Larry the Cable Guy or any of those uh, you know rednecks of comedy kind of things. Do your redneck just, joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Larry the Cable Guy. Oh man, poor poor. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that Lance opened some old wounds there. Oh my gosh. I mean, nice guy, but yeah, it's just very, yeah. I mean, it's always been like that though. There, and there's always been the guys who take it really, really serious, who are message guys who never like the clowns. Like this is people act like this is like a new thing. This is how it's always been. There's always been the, the clowns and the jugglers and the guys who were just a step above mag- magicians. And then there are guys who are like saying real stuff who think they're going to change the world. They, they, they just no, no, no comedian's going to change anybody's world. It's all lost. Like this is all done for man. This is all over. <laughs> well, I, I kind of feel a little bit of empathy for those guys that actually, you know, start something that actually gets laughs and, and then they feel like they have to keep doubling down on that to continue to get laughs. And instead of coming up with original, material they just like buy into this character that they be, maybe necessarily don't believe in and like larry in the case of larry the cable guy like that led to you know a fairly successful career at least a lot of you know money for him but i don't know like that he feels good about it like having to kind of you know divorce who he was to come up with this character and then how much of that becomes your real life like how much of that character do you embody where it becomes your real life thing and how much of it, like, I don't know that you can actually like just kind of 
you know, divorce yourself from it at the end of the day. And it's, it's kind of sad. It's very pro wrestling. It's very much like you're living your gimmick. Like uh, if you're if you're the Undertaker, like no matter what he does, even when he's comedy, he's the Undertaker, and it it is kind of sad because like the Undertaker is a dead man who's wrestling. And like, of course, that's evolved, but not really that much. I mean, he's is he the funeral director undertaker who kills people and then he wrestles people? Or is he the badass biker? Like, yeah, it's various takes on the same kind of shtick. And for him, he's probably like thrilled. He's like, great, I get to do this. But I mean, at some point, he's got to be thinking like looking at the looking at the little undertaker hat and the little uniform, just be thinking like, fuck, is this what it's come down to? Like, right. I've got to put on my little clown outfit, <laughs> go out there and be like, mm, I'm rising from the dead. It's kind of, <laughs> it is a little bit silly. It is a little bit silly. <laughs> well. We do have a sports show. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> buried deep. Just buried. like The Undertaker. <laughs> yes. Buried. <laughs> Ding. I love that they play that bell. Let's get into our run. What the hell is a rundown? The Rundown. This is your rundown for Thursday, February 29th, 2024. Friggin' Leap Day, episode number 212. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at EVLMRK. Look for hashtag EMS212 to see special links, tweets, pictures, or stories we talked about in today's episode. Also, if you're not already, make sure you're following us on TikTok for additional Mark-related content on TikTok and Instagram at AskEvilMark. All right, so this week, Juan Soto bashes bombs. Devils win a game, not the Sun Devils, and Cam Newton does his best Liam Neeson impression by fighting off three street thugs. Also, we have America's favorite cat-based podcast, Trippy Game, What's Wrigley Watching, presented by Chewy.com, and we celebrate last week's winner, who is an avid Netflix movie enthusiast and spouse of a super couponer himself. We'll also have new clues for this week's What's Wrigley Watching with a special gift to this week's champion. Also... Got a minute for some hard-hitting sports news? How about a New York Minute or a Waffle House Minute? We play America's favorite non-cat-based sports talk show uh, game and give you all the news fit to discuss in exactly one minute. All your favorites are on deck for you today. And it's Thursday. You know what that means. We're going to be handing out some tacos, the tastiest awards in all sports talk. But first, before we jump into Thursday, we got some shout-outs for our listeners and supporters. I just hate them because they, they, they low down, they dirty, they, they some snitches. <laughs> Incredible. Every week we want to celebrate these uh, listeners who uh, listen and watch and email the show and interact with the show every single week. We encourage everyone to look inside today's episodes in the episode description to find links to all our social media pages, uh, where to get your Evil Mark Show t-shirt. And thank you to the the four people who bought t-shirts over the past two weeks. I apologize for Bonfire for you for you four. I know I've emailed you guys. Uh, uh, it is that they're running a little behind. So I think those shirts are going to be coming out the uh the second week in March, but uh, I know all of you guys opted in for your information. I have your name and information. I have a special uh, Jared-themed gift that, that I'll be sending to you <laughs> along with some stickers. Uh, so look for that. And t-shirts are on their way. Uh, links to all our sponsors are also in that description and a link to the Discord. And Apple listeners can also sign up for Evil Mark Show Plus. Uh, and you can contact us anytime by emailing the show at show at evilmark.com. I want to thank these listeners in particular. SEC super user, Mazoom Man, Hornsdown69, Jenna P, Abdel, Duckman, Christian Norcal, Maze Man, James Harden's exquisite beard, who I loved all the NBA action we had last week, and the one and only UBA Dog. (laughs) 
UVA Doug, of course, uh, watching with with bated breath every single college basketball game. The the most avid Notre Dame watcher since I I think the almost avid Notre Dame watcher who's not a Notre Dame fan. UVA Doug, uh, ready for tournament time. Um, also a, a, a very big watcher of Purdue basketball. I don't know when he started trolling Purdue as well, but congratulations to him. Does he just hate Indiana? Like, what is this beef with <laughs> Indiana? Good God, Doug. Give it a rest, man. <laughs> He's got, Who's next? Ball State? You going to go after them next? Damn. I, I don't know what happened to Indiana, but something something went wrong there for, for our boy UVA Doug. He's just not a fan of the Midwest. And also, we're here to fuck shit up. Every Thursday, Eric joins us. He's the host of the wonderful podcast, File Honor Entertainment. It could be easier. It's all alphabetical. A, B, C. The only podcast Nick Cage himself personally listens to. You're Nick fucking. Wow. <laughs> Cage. <laughs> Eric, tell us a little <laughs> bit about the show. What is it? Where is it? And what is it all about? Thank you. Uh, what it is is File Honor Entertainment. Uh, where it is is available on all podcast platforms. And what it's about, it's um, speaking of shticks, uh, ours is that we go in alphabetical order. The first season was about movies, the second season about music, and the third season is back to discussing movies again. Uh, myself, uh, co-host, super producer, Jared. Uh, Mark is a frequent guest, including on the A episode and then coming back for the C episode as well. So uh, lots of fun stuff there. So if you do like <laughs> Mark's and I's uh, banter, I think you, you get plenty of that for sure um, over in the file under feed. So we were we were all together on the the last episode was good. That was the B one. That's where you guys have the in-depth uh, conversation about Boondock Saints. Um, I forget your B selection. Mine was uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf and Jared's was Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049. I always forget those two. Really good episode. You got to check out that one. Uh, I, I listened to that the last time we recorded. Really good. Uh, there's also the A episode, which was uh, Alien versus Predator, uh, Air Bud, and then Jared brought ooh, Ace Ventura. Oh, uh, that's right. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. And then the, the first season of uh, episode three was the, uh, the movie Madness Tournament, which has a shocking conclusion. <laughs> One that I don't think people will be ready for. Right. Uh, uh, a, a, a real, a real Villanova type run for for one particular movie. Kind of catches fire. Guy uh, uh, wins a lot of the battles. Uh, really close ones. Kind of, kind of set up in that bra- bracket perfectly. So if you're you're into March Madness, I know some of you guys are getting ready for uh, conference tournament time. You can go have a bunch of tournament action in that first season. Go check or in that that first episode. Also check out A. Also check out B. I and mean, then we're setting the table here for C. So C, we're going into the studio on Friday. Uh, there's some huge, huge uh, Bernie. Uh, huge, 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 huge titles. <laughs> Caddyshack, Cool Hand Luke, and then which one are you bringing? The, the crow. crow. Oh, yes. This is. I don't know how we'll get that one under. I, 
I say, I'm telling Jared right now, you better pack a snack because I feel like that one's going to be a, there's, there's, those are three great movies, a lot of analysis. Uh, have, have you got a chance to watch all three or where are you in your preparation? I have. Yeah. Like I was telling you before we started, I'm uh, got a busy week. We had, uh, you know, our normal Wednesday record I'm doing tomorrow with the let's play death ray guys for their show. Real pieces sitcom. We're going to be talking about Ted Lasso. Uh, and then, um, Friday is our recording. So yeah, I, I watched, uh, two of the movies on Sunday and one of them on Monday night. So, Oh, and how does I, we got to save it for your episode, but Caddyshack still, still hold up in your mind or, or, or is it, is, was it a little, did it drag at points for you? No, I mean, I, I knew that going in, like it's, it's a phenomenal film. I mean, like it's great. I think that all these selections for this episode, I think, Hopefully everybody all has, you know, uh, positive things to say about them. I, well, I know, you know, Caddyshack was actually Jared's choice. So I know like you probably would have bought it had it not, had he not already selected it. So you essentially get to kind of double down because like Caddyshack is one of your all time favorite movies. And you also get to discuss Cool Hand Luke, uh, The Crow, one of my favorites. And, and so, yeah, Caddyshack absolutely holds up. But of course, like everybody knows that it's a movie from 1980. Like it's mm. going to have, you know, there's going to be a lot of fun, but there's going to be boobs and the pacing is going to be kind of like at a, at a snail's pace, right? Like, you know, that going in and you can still love it for everything that it is. So. Yeah, I, I think that's always it, it, it. Like '80s comedies are a lot of the Harold Ramis stuff. I mean, it, it's it, it's it has these iconic parts, but the end of, there's these other parts that really drag. That's like I, I don't know what the plan is for G, but I, I really hope it's Groundhog's Day. <laughs> and I hope you have. Uh... <laughs> you know, I, somehow I didn't even think of that. To, uh, I, I guess I, I like Jake too much that I didn't want to torture my kind of figure. <laughs> he already has to watch this at least once a year, every year, every Groundhog's Day for the rest of his life. That was one of the things that he lost in high stakes Mario Party for uh, Extra Life Charity. So, like, I, I don't know how long the man is going to live, but um, that's... That's a huge commitment, a lifelong commitment to watching Groundhog Day. So it drags, it really drags <laughs> there. It's it's like a two hour and forty five minute movie. It's it's very very, and some of what it I, is pretty brutal. What I feel the the worst about though is he actually used to really love that film, and he used to love and adore Bill Murray. And now, like over the course of having to watch it, what well, I guess it's three hundred and sixty nine times now, or over the last you know year and a couple months, he's like he hates that movie. He fucking despises Bill Murray. Like he doesn't <laughs> want to see him in anything. Like I, I can't imagine watching the same film every day for over the course of a year and ha- not having that you know wreak havoc on you. He's been uh, he's been radicalized. Like he's been <laughs> turned against Bill Murray, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! He should have chose a shorter Bill Murray movie, like like Scrooge, or like I don't know, not Lost in Translation. That's another long one. That's another one that could radicalize you. He should have chose the original Ghostbusters. You don't get too much Bill Murray. You get some other stuff. You get some action going on. Get Slimer. I mean, I, I think that's where it's at. Groundhog Day. That's that's a tough one to yeah. To well, there's been. I, I don't know. I know that you've you've got a poster. You're probably looking at the poster now of Caddyshack. You said that it's one of your favorite movies, if not your favorite movie of all time, right? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it's probably, 
I was just reading this. Uh, it's kind of odd here because I've, I've been, I've been ever since I've, I've had more free time uh, other than this weekend. I've been doing this really crazy deep dive into vaudeville and uh, screenwriting. Not because I intend to write a screenplay, just just reading a lot of books about. Uh, oh, we're going to write several of them. <laughs> yeah, we're already like way backed up. This is like <laughs> be like from the producer. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, no, no. It had to be touched up. We'll have our two originals, and then then we'll get a, a good franchise like Mortal Kombat to redo. <laughs> we were like Nick Cage. Hmm, how can we work as M Bison? Obviously, right. Cages and Bison. Has it, that's that's Street Fighter now. Like you're going to get to a bunch of video game nerds. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. That you're mixing up the properties, but yeah, it's been I a couple of years since uh, Mortal Kombat was rebooted, so we can go ahead and reboot it again. But yeah, anyway, sorry, <laughs> we're talking about Caddyshack and vaudeville. So yeah, no, I got I got really in, into this deep line of books. I read like three books on vaudeville, and this this last book I read it was like uh, the uh, comedy writing and and like a, a guide to to scene making. And I thought this, this one, it's like a very much like it's the secret, the secret ingredients of comedy. And it, it gives a good breakdown of, uh, of uh, 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 a couple scenes from Caddyshack, uh, which I'm going to save for, for your show, which, which is going to be airing on Tuesday, right? That will be the C episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to save it for your show, but for as far as the groundhog day one, uh, it, it does go into the, the scene where he goes to see the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist says, like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, uh, you, you know, I, I, I don't really deal with this. You know, I, I, I mostly deal with families and couples and I, I have an alcoholic. And he says, like, haven't didn't you studied? Didn't you go to college? Didn't you take any courses? He's like, well, abnormal psychology. And he just holds the pillow over his face. And then and then the, the shrink says, like, he's like, well, you know what I suggest? I suggest that we uh, we schedule this uh, a follow up for maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> just, and it, but it breaks down this, and it it's, it gives a really good analysis of uh, Bill Murray and how he delivers his lines, and uh, the 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 idea of of not of the protagonist not being a hero but being the comedic hero. And uh, we'll kind of break this down in Caddyshack, but it's it's one of my all time favorites. But of course, like everybody, I, I think, and what's great about Caddyshack is it just depends on your age and where you're coming into it. If you're a really young teen. Then, then you're you're looking for Rodney Dangerfield. If you're if you or no, you're probably looking at the Bill Murray character. That's the one you like more. If you're mid age, you probably like the Rodney Dangerfield one. And oh you no! Know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think if you're a middle aged guy, then 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 you then you love the. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the poster. Why doesn't it have his name on it? I can see this man. I'm spacing on the name. How could I forget your name, Fletch? Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you can see the <laughs> the bitter, jaded, cynical. That's that's the guy there for when you're when you're in your 30s to 50s. <laughs> you're like, I like that guy. But yeah. Okay. Well, so wait. wait I love so that movie. Who did you say that that Rodney Dangerfield was old was for? Older? Probably, yeah, your twenties, or you, you probably like him if you're if you're your if you're in your mid twenties, or if you're really really older. If you're, okay. if you're well, past, I, I guess I'm really well. I'm not past fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm not even two fifty. Like that's 
you know what? Maybe yeah, oh, Rodney Dangerfield is just so fucking good in that movie. Maybe Chevy Chase is more for the the bitter, cynical people than maybe they're both for the mid aged people. <laughs> I guess I'll take it. I'll take the the mid aged. Then I guess that's technically correct. But anyway, so I was going to say, like, well, I mean, that being one of your favorite movies, and I can't wait for the breakdown to to discuss that kind of stuff. But could you realistically watch that movie every day for a year and not get tired of it? I don't no, think that anybody. No. no the Danny Noonan stuff alone is like, I, I know we're going to, we're going to watch it tonight. And I have the, I have the Funko pop of the, of the, the, uh, of the gopher. I have, I'm looking, I'm sitting here looking at a, a Bushwoods hat that came along with it. Uh, I have, <laughs> you gave me book. so much grief about those Funko pops. <laughs> and I told you they are like tattoos. Like once you get one, you cannot just, you can't just get one. And they're so addictive. And it's just like, Oh, I like this property. Oh, that's kind of cute. Co- that's kind of cute. That's kind of cool. Okay, I can get this one. And then the next thing you know, you're like me, and you've got an entire fucking bookcase full of Funko yep. Pops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always, I, I, I used to look at them. I'd be like, "This is so dumb. They don't even look like the characters. This is so silly. It's so silly and ridiculous." I got one for Christmas, and I was like, "Okay," and then I'd get another one. And I was like, okay, now I have my two favorite characters. I I've collected the Seinfeld ones, and then I was like, well, now I now I got the two. I guess I need to round out the main cast, but I'm not going to buy all the other versions of this. This is ridiculous. This is obviously a money grab. This is this is a hustle. And then I find myself with a with a Jerry in a puffy shirt and Elaine in a sombrero. And <laughs> on my wish list is a George Costanza, a George Costanza, a special edition George Costanza, where he he drinks the tea and gets a purple face and uh, <laughs> soup Nazi, which they don't call him soup Nazi. They call him his, his original name. I guess you can't put, you can't put the word Nazi on anything. I guess that's how they sell a lot of that Trump merchandise. You can't put the word <laughs> Nazi on there, but you can put, you can put something else that, imp- that we all know what that means, but you can't put Nazi on something. Right. Well, who would have guessed that that would have been such a hot button? <laughs> well i'm looking i i've got 34 of them down here just in uh, wow. eyesight I, so <laughs> i i can't uh cast spurgement on anybody that likes collecting funko bobs because so i'm fine I'm, I'm at six now i'm at six funko bobs <laughs> okay you got a ways yeah. to go, but uh, like it, for for a guy that was very adamant about not wanting to have even one, now you've got six times that amount. So. Yep, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't watch all that Danny Noonan stuff more. I'm going to watch it tonight after we get done recording. But there's no way I couldn't, I couldn't watch it every day. I, I don't know if I would grow to hate it, but I know I would definitely like the 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 Danny Noonan, the the Catholic guilt, the yeah that that whole section would just really. It really rubs me the wrong way. It, it, mm-hmm. Not that I dislike it. It's just it's so boring compared to everything else. You're waiting for like, uh, 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 what's Bill Murray doing? Where, where's Rodney Dangerfield? We couldn't have more of that. <laughs> and then the one scene where they oh, kind of overlap is kind of, I, I'm going to leave it there. Say, so if you want to get more of that conversation, you got to listen to on Tuesday on file and entertainment, make sure you're checking your, uh, your the feed there. Make sure you're going back and following up with the rest of the movie season. And also, you really got the hooks in them now. Like you, you got the, you got hook, line, and sinker, man. You got them fully invested, and so yeah. now they're gonna thank you so much for that. And that's just doesn't even get into our, our conversation about the, the crow. We're gonna have a blowout conversation because I know you love the crow. I love the crow. Uh, I wouldn't put it up there. And you're one of my favorites. I'm not one of my favorite actually, but something that I watched uh, 
like two weeks ago and loved. And then of course, cool hand Luke is going to, I will definitely have a, a prison story for you. And there's <laughs> definitely one episode back in our feed that if you have not checked that out, uh, I think that was, yeah, there, I can't remember the number, but you can go back uh, to 138 or 139. I actually made a note of it today because it's nice. is going to be a, a very big talking point. So let me uh, make sure that I have it accurate. I will be mentioning it again on the file and entertainment show on Tuesday that drops. So if you don't get it, yes, it's uh, 139 after hours, cool hand mark book chapter. Oh yeah. And we, I got to tell you, like, I, I know I'm going to get, I'm going to get in my feelings. And I, when I watched it the other day, I was like, uh, I also like, I I'm kind of on a, a, a war of emotions. You know what I saw last night at the Tuesday is the night where I, I don't write. I usually go out and see the Tuesday night classics here. I watched uh, Field of Dreams last night. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Packed <laughs> to the gills. And I was just, and, and I forgot almost like one of, another one of these great movies where the middle is just very long, very mm-hmm. arduous to get through the middle of Field of Dreams. You, you remember all the fun parts. You don't remember the middle part. Where you're like, Jesus. Yeah, you know, trying to track him down. Up. Right. Yeah. But how wistful was he? How wistful was Kevin Costner? I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, I, I forgot about the Cal Berkeley detail. I, I forgot about the. Uh, I, I also forgot about the indignant Kevin Costner when he wants to go in the corn, <laughs> <laughs> which I think yeah. is the yellow. The Yellowstone Kevin Costner is the indignant, angry Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> which must be how he he dealt with his ex-wife who's currently suing him i could only <laughs> i could only imagine the great uh uh performance he got out of that <laughs> and, and for those keeping track keeping score for for those of you who like to keep baseball scores or you like to keep scores of kevin costner that's the second wife that's cleaned him out and took in his house so just <laughs> make sure you how do you score that on a scorecard is that one of the little line through the pages <laughs> <laughs> i think so yeah do, you wipes, crumple it up and you throw it in, yeah. <laughs> you throw it in the corner of the of the bullpen, yeah. <laughs> and then I want to mention another thing here while we're plugging here is um, this podcast called it's a pod. I'm doing more stuff here. I'm going to be doing an interview for uh, this show called Bright Brains. This is uh, on Podbean. I believe it's on every other uh, uh, platform. Uh, Bright Brains is basically a breakdown of Bright Brains is an engaging podcast that brings together fascinating individuals to delve into cap- captivating subjects, catering to the curiosity of inquisitive minds. Join us as we explore a wide array of intriguing topics featuring insightful conversations with experts, enthusiasts, and innovators from various fields. Whether you're a lifelong learner or simply curious about the world around you, Bright Brains is your ticket to a journey of discovery where the intellectually curious gather to expand their horizons. So I just read you all that description. Let me let me let me give you a preview. So we're recording this Saturday. I believe it will also release uh, next week on Tuesday or Wednesday. So make sure you you fill your dance card for next week because you got file entertainment on Tuesday. Guys need to be there for that one. There's going to be a ton of good conversation. This one I believe is going to be on Wednesday or Friday next week. Uh, I will be talking about 4chan. I will be talking about uh, the Donald. I will be talking about all the inside information from the from WikiLeaks. I'm the I'm the noted uh, conspiracy theorist for Bright. <laughs> so we'll be talking about Russian Gate. We'll be talking about collusion. We'll be talking about the murder of Seth Rich, who 
by the way, as I said on in, in Canadian radio years ago, back in 2015, who was murdered by Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Throwing that out there, just it should be known. So we'll get into all those topics on Bright Brains. Look for that next week. Uh, that'll be a really fun one. I, I'm going to start doing more guest spots, but of course, I'm always available for file entertainment. And there's so many good episodes this this upcoming season, but I will be other places, hopefully maybe talking about something a little bit more, bringing everyone together other than conspiracy and, and election. But if, if you, if you want to relive the craziness that was 2016 and might as well, since we're about to go through yeah, another <laughs> election, year, year. Yep, yep. another more craziness. And you can check me out on bright brains. Um, this should be an interesting conversation because I believe this 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 gentleman uh, uh, is he. I gave him a book to read that kind of breaks down the whole situation, and another book written by a, a liberal author that goes totally against that situation. Um, and uh, he's fully prepared for this interview. I don't think I've ever so, done a guest spot. So you're doing a guest spot, and you gave the host homework to do before yes. you come on his show. That's fucking yes. epic, dude. That is. <laughs> That is great. <laughs> Normally, it's a big ask for the host to give the guests some homework, but you, you just flip the script on him entirely. That is a baller move, my friend. <laughs> uh, let me see if I the, the 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 chat is kind of funny because his original post was like he was like I'm looking for a conspiracy theorist. Uh, he said, "Hey, I saw your post saying that." You would be interested to come on my podcast, talk about conspiracy theories. What particular conspiracy theory are you knowledgeable about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here was my answer. <laughs> Quote, this is from me. Quote, I'm an avid conspiracy buff. I'm really <laughs> big on COVID right now. I'm really into it. <laughs> I also know about the Russian really thing. <laughs> I, I also know about the Russian thing, the Guccifer, WikiLeaks. Uh, personally, I have personal information about that. And of course, I love all the classics. JFK. <laughs> <laughs> JFK, 9-11. Oh, and I'm really big on anti-pharma stuff. I can speak well on a lot of those topics. <laughs> and then he said, which one would you personally like to speak about? And what is Guccifer? And then I was like, okay. And I said, the, two, the 2016 Russian collusion conspiracy, how the CIA provided misinformation to the media and the DNC about WikiLeaks. It's, I'd like that one, really, because it's fascinating to go back and talk about those days in Reddit. Uh, when the craziness took over and 4chan merged with the right-wing Redditors and where we originally cooked up the alt-right. He's like, great. I'll be definitely interested in talking about that. And I was like, there's a book you need to read. <laughs> See, that's where I, <laughs> and that's where oh I assigned the God. homework. <laughs> Incredible. And instead of just like ghosting you or just saying, uh, I'm going to go in a different direction, he continued to the dialogue, right? Yeah. So he, oh, yeah. He, he, he agreed to this. He agrees to it, and then we, and then I, I sent him an email, uh, or I sent him a, a Reddit message, and I said, "Hey, uh, just wanted to follow up because I was like, okay, now, now we're getting close to interview time. We're going to be going to the studio Saturday morning." And I was like, "Hey, just want to follow up. We're still good for Saturday morning, right?" He goes, "Yes, I'm looking forward to it." And he said, uh, "He goes, by the way, I read. I'm going to give a plug to the book because this guy gets everything wrong. But as we know, and everything like there's when it when it comes to like there's always." two sides to it. And there's always like a spin to it. You got to kind of, you got to do your own research as a lot of conspiracy theorists say uh, this book is called, it came from something awful. Um, really good book. I know this, that particular author I'm, I'm spacing on his name, but he's been interviewed on several, several podcasts. Um, really good guy. He's got 
everything wrong about 4chan in 2016 and in white nationalism. And uh, I don't think I don't think the other sides ever really the problem there is like the other side kind of doesn't deserve to have their story be told, but at the same time, something should stand on the record that, that kind of gives the alternator or what people were thinking on that side. Uh, everyone just kind of wants to disavow it. Now they're like, yeah, it was a crazy time, man. But there, there's some details there that, that he get wrong, that I got wrong. But if you'd like to decide for yourself, it's a book called, it came from something awful. And he messaged me. I said, yeah, he said, perfect. He goes, I, I've actually been listening to the audio book. I'm, I'm getting ready to finish it up. And then here, this is where I take an even bigger jump. I go, hey, I don't know <laughs> how you outline or prepare, but in my opinion, I'm thinking to make the most sense and tell the most compelling and comprehensive story. I would suggest the following outline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now you're giving. <laughs> Dude, that, that is incredible. I mean. A, I know that you're going to be just a, a phenomenal guest because I know that you are well-versed in all that stuff. So I know that that is going to be an impelling, compelling conversation. I know it's going to be a great episode of his show. But it's just like, I, I I guess that just shows him that you are like dedicated to doing it and that kind of must fill him with relief that he <laughs> is going to have someone that is capable of actually, you know, putting coherent thoughts together and, and being a compelling interview. But that is so, that, those are just so big stones, dude, to just like, not only tell, like tell him to read a book in preparation for his own show, but then to give him an outline to follow for his own show. That is uh wow. That's incredible. <laughs> And, and, and no, I knew I was going to talk about this thing because it was just like I looked up my first conversation with Jared on Reddit, where he had put his out ad out looking to to speak to somebody, and uh, I responded to his ad, and then we eventually hooked up later through through you. But I remember he's like, "Hey, you want to come on my show?" And I was like, "Yes, I'll I'll be on your show." <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's how we originally. That's how we originally planned feathers and friends, or what they're calling nobody's listening now. Ed, look how far we've come now. Look at this. Look at the the hours of entertainment that we've <laughs> given the world. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I to give it since we're giving out cheap plugs here. Uh, nobody's listening. Uh, last week's episode really, really interesting, and and I love the uh, Jared uh, prompting his co-host to. I'm going to play some sound for you, and I'd like to get your reaction. And I was like, oh. Oh, Jerry. I'm like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I was like, I, I cannot take credit for that. We, as, as every podcaster and radio person knows, Howard Stern invented that. Howard Stern invented everything. Mm. But uh, playing the sound and then getting the reaction from the guest. I love it. Jared, he's a... Uh, hey, I wonder uh, what that's like. That's that's weird. Never could it be us. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I, yeah. Great. So make sure you're listening. Nobody's listening as well. And then while you're online, Make sure you're following us on Twitter at EVLMRK. Once again, that's EVLMRK. Look for hashtag EMS212 to see the special link suites, pictures, or stories we talked about in today's episode. Uh, you can DM me there as well. Big week next week. you got to make sure you're there for File Entertainment on Tuesday. Make sure you're going back and listening to those old episodes this weekend. Uh, make sure you're – I'm going to try to wrangle Jared for an after hours tomorrow. We'll see if that comes through. If so, that will come out on the feed on Saturday. So you're going to have content Thursday. You'll have content Friday or Saturday, more content on this feed. You'll find new content on the file entertainment feed on Tuesday. And then either Wednesday or Thursday of next week, you will have even more content on Bright Brains 
all kinds of stuff. You can definitely get your fill. Uh, if you're if you're one of your chief complaints is Mark doesn't do enough stuff, I will be all over the uh, podcast yeah. universe. Over and then the we'll be back right back with another EMS show on yeah. Thursday. So. Next Thursday yeah, we'll be. Got you all covered. And then, of course, hopefully next week we won't taunt you, uh, what's Wrigley watching fans, by delaying it this long. But <laughs> tough luck. So let's start today with America's. Let's start. Let's start today let's with, America, with America. An hour and a half in. Let's start today. <laughs> let's start today. Finally, let, let's get this class going. With America's <laughs> favorite cat based podcast here of the game to test your knowledge of cinema's greatest movies, TV's favorite sitcoms, and I don't know, videos from video games. Let's play a little What's Wrigley Watching presented by Chewy.com. Hey, there was one emailer who complained that the last episode was a little short. So there you go. Whoa. I'm like, who are you? And in what? Although there, that was overbalanced by the four people who were like, why didn't we get to what's Wrigley watching sooner? Can we get to that before the plug? <laughs> before, wow. Before the plugs. Ooh. I'm just going to, I'm going to make a whole new feed. Just a what's Wrigley watching <laughs> feed. Just put the game show with this. Of course, we want to thank uh, uh, Old Dominion for their song, The Sweetest Thing. Uh, also Old Dominion, the trucking company and Old Dominion University as well uh, for, for, joining us in that great song and contributing to the show inadvertently or inadvertently. Uh, and last week, I want to congratulate also Matthew in Van Nuys, California, who correctly guessed the Netflix movie Queen Pins uh, from 2023. If you're not familiar with this movie, it is a 2021, oh, I'm sorry, 2021, I've got it wrong, uh, a comedy film. Uh, it stars Kristen Bell, Kirby Howell, Baptiste, Paul Walter Hauser, who I believe is, uh, that's the great, he's really wonderful. And uh, I, Tanya. Also, Richard Jewell, probably a little bit more serious work. Really great actor, uh, plays this role great in this one. Uh, BB Rexa as the hacker and the aforementioned, we mentioned him on the show. We have a project in development for him right now, <laughs> starting alongside bringing him back with Owen Wilson, uh, putting him with a noted podcast legend, Mark Marin, uh, the, the incomparable. Uh, America's greatest treasure, and if you've never seen his version of Psycho, uh, just just avoid it like the plague. Like you, you're better <laughs> off, you're better off with swine flu than, than watching <laughs> wow. Vince Vaughn's version of Psycho. But yes, Vince Vaughn is also in this movie as well. Uh, this is a uh, movie about extreme couponers and the the uh, postal agents who tracked them down. Uh, Matt actually, Matthew actually, watched this with his. His wife, who is actually a huge couponer himself, uh, he chose this scene from the movie where uh, the character, uh, the uh, oh, what I just said his name, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, as the intrepid loss prevention agent, confronts an old woman who's trying to pass a bad coupon. Yeah, I don't care if she's Dame Judy Dench, Dave. You leave the food out, the critters will get it. This is how this starts. I'm just saying, sorry to compare you to rodents, ma'am. I didn't mean that. I just mean to say the rules are rules. But if it helps. If it helps. I have hemorrhoids. You know what helps, honey? Preparation H. Well, we're happy to sell it to you at full price. Well, then why don't you buy it? Because you're a giant asshole. <laughs> That's a good one, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that guy is great. The, 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 it kind of played for laughs in this particular. Well, it is a comedy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Uh, he says his wife's an extreme couponer. Not as much as as the character in this movie. I, I know Wrigley watches these movies. Did you get a chance to a, a chance to see this one? <laughs> nope. This was definitely. I pulled a Jared and just Wikipedia'd it. <laughs> <laughs> to get the talking points. <laughs> Great clues, though. Great clues. Yeah, and and I, I don't want to tip my hand, but this week is uh, this week is going to be an interesting one. This is one that you could, because I'm worried that that you guys are going to struggle with this one. This is one you could go and get some popcorn and go to your local theater and, and watch yourself here. Uh, and I want to let you know the winner this week. Not for long. <laughs> for now. For now, for at least until the, the next episode airs, you could probably find it. In the, after that, you could probably find it on whichever streaming service is willing to pay for it. But uh, um, in this week, the winner not only gets the recognition on, on Twitter slash X, but there's also a token for a free T-shirt. No size restrictions. We have small, medium, large, all the way up to 4X. Oh, I'm sorry, 5X uh, free T-shirt. So our winner gets a T-shirt. Uh, it's a unisex T-shirt. Um, so, uh, you can possibly win this. We need the name of the movie, full name of the movie. And if you could, please, I would like a scene from the movie. I have one in mind myself, uh, but please, I, but you don't need that. I definitely need, and then I also need your name and the city that you're from. This is going to, I feel like this is going to be a timestamp one. Uh, when I was looking back over the clues, I, I, I shared this with Cunty and, uh, Jennifer and Schenectady and they were like, this is it, this is too easy so we're going to go by timestamp here hmm. but eric okay. set us up for this week yeah wrigley who actually just jumped on my lap uh he's always wanting to be part of the show which is why he's lent his paw of approval to our tacos he's spoiled he has his own room his own tv and dvr and his own podcast segment for god's sake it's more popular <laughs> than our shit uh he's uh, he uses that TV and DVR to try to watch media contribute to the show, which is awesome. But unfortunately, since he's a cat, he's not the best at communication. So he's been using the dog's communication buttons to try to tell us about this piece of media he was watching. Maybe you, dear listener, can be like Matthew and Van Nuys and help Mark and I piece together what's Wrigley watching. Your clues for this week are my mom was studying arachnids in the Amazon. <laughs> Now, now that you say that, I think that is a pretty big meme, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, casual carjacking. Coyote ugly in a diner. Screw this. I'm going to Peru. <laughs> <laughs> Pepsi saves the day. That's the one that kind of throws me. I, I got the other ones even having not seen it and that's the one that kind of throws me so you have to fill me in on that one uh and blue was getting a little testy with wrigley that her and ghost should be a part of this thing so they've collectively agreed that the sixth clue would be a combined effort which we're calling blues clues slash ghost gift last week it was that lady that likes sloths as an olympic gold medal winning race walker Kristen bell is the lead character who plays a former olympian three-time gold medal winning race walker and Kristen herself, in real life, famously likes sloths a whole lot. So uh, for this week, it is this. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another <laughs> flop on opening night. <laughs> Once again, from the top, my mom was studying arachnids in the Amazon. Casual carjacking. Coyote ugly in a diner. 
screw this. I'm going to Peru. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) That is good. Pepsi saves the day and blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another flop on opening night. If you want your pet to be spoiled like Wrigley, Ghost, Blue, Havana, and Jared Sticky Birds, you can find the best stuff to give them their best life at Chewy.com. As a Chewy affiliate, we earn commission for qualifying purchases. You can find the link in the show notes and get started treating your pets like superstars. Yes, that was what's really watching. So make sure you're uh, two things. One, the link for uh, Chewy.com is in the show description. So wherever you're hearing this podcast, you can find the show description. Look where you're listening. Uh, there's good jokes in there. It gives you a description of the episode, kind of funny stuff in there if you listen to the whole episode. Also, it has our links in there for our T-shirts, the social media links, but also the most importantly is that Chewy.com link. Even if you're already a, a customer of Chewy.com, use that link the next time you make a purchase. Uh, wonderful company. Chewy is awesome. I actually need to get some cat litter. Uh, before I, I fire up a Caddyshack tonight, I will be putting in an order for a giant box of cat litter. And I, I'm not even concerned. I just cleaned the box and I, I know the, I know my, my blue Chewy box will be here in no time at all. It's like the Amazon of pet stores, pet supplies, pet medicine, everything you need for your furry, fuzzy, scaly friends at Chewy.com. Make sure you're using that link and make sure you're sending the name of the movie and your name and where you're from. I need a city and a state. Uh, if you just put, this is Dave, I cannot take your answer. You have to have your name and your city and state where you're from. Um, and then make sure you're sending your answers to show at evilmark.com. Once again, it's show at evilmark.com. The whole team, including Wrigley and the dogs, wish you the best of luck. And if you do have, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mark, but if you do have any kind of like uh, good stories about Chewy, about how they've saved you or how they've done something good, because because they're actually a a really good customer, a company that cares about their customers and cares about the pets and uh, does think that they are part of the family. So if you've got uh, a good kind of story that you want to share with us via email, you can either send it to Mark, show at evilmark.com, or you can send it to fileunderpod at gmail.com. And I will be sure to relay to our uh, Chewy concierge the the good work and, you know, put the, the good word in. So they always love having, you know, feedback, especially if it's good. So yeah, <laughs> don't tell us anything bad. <laughs> the medicine went wrong. Don't know. <laughs> medicine will not go wrong. If, but if you, if you had a great experience, I've had a great experience. I might email and I always say, I really depend on Chewy.com. Last thing I want to do is go down my close, the, 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 the PetSmart I used to go to, or maybe I shouldn't name them, but the, the weird store where people are allowed to bring in their animals that I used to go to constantly <laughs> busy. <laughs> right next to a Michaels and then right next to a crate and barrel. So I'd basically have to like, I'd, I'd have to fight through a, a, a crowd of, 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 of like older women and uh, uh, rich yuppies to try to get in there to get my, to get my cat food, my cat supplies. Now don't even have to worry. I never have to go there. It's the biggest weight off my mind. And the price difference is actually from what, for what I used to get at that particular uh, large chain retail store. It's actually a little bit chewer on chewy.com and it gets delivered to my door and I don't have to worry about going out. The worst thing ever is having to go out there, stand in that line. You, you just look, just smell the place. They got geckos in there. They got birds in there. It stinks. It stinks. If, if they have birds in a place, it's, it's going to smell. It's going to smell bad. <laughs> just ask Jared. <laughs> just, Jared knows. He won't tell you. I mean, if you, if you knew him in real life, like, like he'll confide yeah, me. Ask, like, ask anyone like that has uh, encountered Jared, then I guess, because he, he's probably gone nose blind to it, but everybody else will be able to smell those birds. 
<laughs> None of those women will tell them the truth until they're gone. <laughs> they'll, they'll eventually tell the truth. It's it, you, you don't want to be in there sniffing that. Order your supplies from Chewy.com and use the link in the show description. Uh, great. So before we get started uh, in our tacos, let's play a game of uh, Got a Minute, a Waffle House Minute, a New York Minute. Let's start with America's favorite non-cat-based sports talk segment, New York Minute and Waffle House Minute. So with New York Minute and Waffle House Minute, each participant has exactly one minute maybe a little bit more to tell a very important Southern or New York style story before hearing the buzzer. And we move on. So this week, Eric, you have the waffle house minute. I have the New York minute. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I, I, I'm kind of psyched up uh, for, for baseball. Uh, uh, Spring training is, is got a hold of me. I am pumped for it. Uh, I know this, this, this love affair will, will eventually wear off, but, uh, uh, you have a Southern style story here for us. Uh, uh, let me put 60 seconds on the clock here. Okay. Right. One minute. All right. And then uh, are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's go at the sound effect. From the Waffle House, located just off the Beltway. <laughs> hey, hey, seeds. One thing the South is not used to doing is losing. Well, unless you count civil wars, although they do keep telling us that they are going to rise again. And hey, one Southern team's fans did rise up out of their seats to storm the court after watching their Mississippi Valley State basketball team get their first victory of the season on Monday night, defeating Prairie View 57-51 in SWAC conference play. It ended a 29-game losing streak going back to last season. Fans stormed the court in pandemonium, but then, weirdly enough, just as quickly returned to their seats. It was a very organized court rush, all things considered. And with all the hullabaloo of star players getting injured and talking heads like Jay Billis recommending legal action against fans who storm, these fans probably thought it was in their best interest to keep their celebrating respectful. Maybe Maybe they also had the epiphany that while breaking a long losing streak is exciting and cause for celebration, maybe temper your elation a little bit, seeing as how your team is now one and 27. And that's still fucking pathetic. The win did come on senior night in the Delta Devils final home game. So very fitting timing. And it was summed up with a special call. Let's hear it here now to round out our Waffle House minute. Is it is the it's the second one? Yeah. The first and Andre, that's game. And that will be game. And that will be game. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> They're on a one-game winning streak. With that game, the Prairie Panthers were fogs of 10 and 16, 5 and 10 the swag. The Mississippi Valley Delta Devils Devil will improve to 1 and 27. What a senior. 1 and 14 the swag. Let's go! Win led by no, no one other than Raekwon Brown. Raekwon Brown. Why, thank you, my guy. Host of Delta Devils and Double Figures tonight. And everyone just contributed to this win and... Big shout out, AD Hakeem McClellan. Big shout out, Kyle. You, you know, fuck the Manning cast. I need these guys. <laughs> the guys I need. Oh Big shout out to B Club. Shout out to JR behind the camera. Shout out to everybody who's a part of the production company. Shout out to Andre Williams, my partner, my business partner. 
Big shout out to Paylor. Big shout out to Coach Ivory. Big shout out to the Swag. Big shout out MVSUV Club. <laughs> Valley Sports Network. Until next time, <laughs> baby. Man, we love you, baby. Perfect. I I I, I can't. Uh, I, I love it. I, I, <laughs> Like when when the the pack two is currently shopping their their current TV deal, uh, there's <laughs> there's talk of the CW. There there's talk of selling those, going ahead and selling those games to Apple. Uh, I need these guys calling yeah. <laughs> Washington State, calling Oregon <laughs> State. I, I might become a Beaver fan <laughs> if I if I could hear wow. just, just this guy Beaver! giving. Shout out to Jr. behind the camera. Shout out to everybody who's a part of the production company. Shout out to Andre Williams, my partner. Yeah, yeah, no, no, th- this this guy has a future in this. <laughs> like this guy, <laughs> giving props to everybody. And hey, oh, I, and the other guy just adding in just enough color. A one game win streak, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe the the best final call I think I've ever heard. <laughs> it, I got to ask you about storming the court before we move on here. Like, I, I know this is becoming a big thing right now. I know there's there's talking about legislation of it. There was the Duke. There was the Duke player who who said he was pushed, and but when they looked at the overhead camera, he was the one who was actually doing the pushing. They've talked about the unsafe nature of storming the court. I know it's happened a lot this college basketball season, and I know it's very in vogue. I, I know we we saw it in college football. We saw a mm. lot of games this past year where storming the the field where it kind of wasn't necessary, or maybe ki- people kind of abusing it. Where do you, where do you come down on storming the court, storming the field? I'm actually for it if it's worthwhile. Like something like this, I think like after you've gotten your first win in you know uh, two seasons, and it's it comes on the last home game of the season on senior night. That's called for, I think, you know, that that's like a big event that should be kind of celebrated. Like if you're, cause we've seen guys, we've seen teams that are like favored in the game that just win in a walk-off fashion and they're storming the field. It's like, uh, guys, you won by three, you were favored <laughs> by like 30, you know, like why the fuck are you storming the field? Like, in that case, like yeah, those uh, those organizations should be heavily fined. I think. Um, like, what what can you do? Like, how do you really round up every single person that storm the field or storm the court and like give them uh, like citations? You can't. It's just not feasible to do that. So, but I mean, in, in terms of like the organization, the school, like you know, they're if they get penalized enough or you know enough times, they're going to start certainly start taking more steps to curb that kind of behavior. So I, it's something that will eventually, you know, take care of itself, I think, but yeah. Cause the same kind of thing, like, um, was it Philip, Philip Kowski got, got hurt for Duke, uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, for Iowa had a run in where, you know, hey, you know both, both, both of those people initiated the contact, by the way. I mean, they, they, they both of them. And I, mm-hmm. cause I know, no, Caitlin Clark's kind of got that Taylor Swift thing. Like no one criticized. She caused that. She brought that on herself. And then, then the attitude after the fact, no one's criticizing it, but that's, that's bullshit. And the Duke player too, he's the one who initiated that contact. There's, there's some, there's both of those situations. There's a lot of sour grapes there. And there's a lot of entitlement from those players that that if you if you can pull off a win against either of those those teams or in this case in this case in the clip that we heard 
like there is something to be said about motion. There's something to be said about community, especially in college sports. Like mm-hmm. it, it's part of the game. But for 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 those two, especially her, the, there has not been enough criticism. Uh, initiating the contact, it, it, it's not so much initiating the contact because you got people running at you. I can understand why you'd be like, "Hey, don't don't touch me." I get that. But then to play victim is like that's the that's the the line too far. Yeah. No, I agree. Because I mean, so you kind of have like a similar assessment. Like, do it when it's warranted. Stop doing it for every time you win a fucking game. That's a little Man, pathetic. I really, I really. It's always kind of a special moment, though. Even when it, it's just to see everybody out there and getting pumped up about it. But you're right. Like, there does have to be some kind of restrictor on this because it's you're just going to be like, what Michigan is going to beat Rutgers next year, and they're going to be storming. Like, there is have to be a line somewhere. You're like, oh, we we. You know, we beat them by thirty. Let's let's really sell. It, it is kind of silly, but I. And it's but it's hard to figure out what like what, especially if something's borderline. Like you're favored, but then you're losing that game and you come back and pull off an upset victory, a win that you should have got. Like it's there, there's so many there's so many nuances. It's hard to like put a, a hard and fast rule in there. What I worry about is that we 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 turn it into a fine because if we just turn it into a financial penalty. Then what's going to happen is like the teams that can afford it the Tennessee volunteers of the world are going to do it whenever they want. And then mm. the, the smaller schools that when they do it, when they're overcome with emotion and they do it, then they're going to be they're they're going to face the punishment. They don't, they can't really afford to do. Well, it's always been about the haves and the haves nots though. Right. I mean, it's always kind of been that way with uh, we're talking about that now, even with the expansion of the playoffs, like if fine bomb is out here saying like, like a group of five or really is, is never going to have an opportunity to win. Like those lower seeds, it's going to be, you know, so improbable for them to get over on the bigger seeds. Like, so like you've expanded the playoffs to, in theory, you know, give someone another opportunity, but we know that it's still going to be the same really small group uh, of teams that are, are going to be there in the end. Um, I, I see what you're, you're saying, but it, it's, it's kind of always been that problem. It is as long as we get our video game, as long as the video game comes through, <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. I, you know, now, do you press X to storm the field at the end of the video game? Is that like, is that going to be in there? It's in the I, game, right? It's got to be in the game. I got to tell you that the, the moment the Sun Devils beat the Lumberjacks, we're, we're storming the field. <laughs> I, can, I can totally, I love it. it it's very cool. Uh, I've, I've been at a, I'm thinking back, I've been in one storming the field situation. It was, uh, Gosh, what was that? Like 1997, when the Cardinals finally broke their playoff drought. Final game of the year, they had to win to get into the playoffs. Uh, and uh, Sun Devil Stadium, it was kind of a, a magical moment to 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 be on the field, elated. But you're right, you, you kind of have to earn that moment. And in it, it is an overwhelming of emotion. I wasn't like in the first 30 rows, but more it's like, oh, everyone else is doing it. Let's let's get the yeah. hell down there. Let's get on the field. It, it very much is like for the first sections, it's like, yes, this is a huge moment for us. We have to celebrate it. But then everyone else, you can see the rest of the people are storming. They're like, okay, cool. This is a good time to screw around. Let's get down there and let me go. It, what I did was, was I was like, let me go jump up and down next to Larry centers. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to find him and I have to thank him and be like, dude, this is awesome. And it, it, all the players are kind of, 
they're there unless if you're the losing player i gotta imagine it's completely demoralizing and it's unprofessional and it's it's probably like a hindrance and you got to imagine there's there's sour grapes there and yeah you don't want like a bunch of fans running up and screaming at you because you you've just had this disappointing loss but it it's it's part of the game man well okay like to i know that you know people are going to give us grief because it's a yet another notre dame thing that i'm going to bring up like in the case of when it's when it's acceptable or expected, 2020, Notre Dame hosting Clemson when they were the number two team in the country. We, I think, were five at the time. So in the top five, but facing a team that was, you know, theoretically better. And we beat them for the first time in forever. People that were there stormed the field. That, in my mind, is acceptable because that was an underdog and improbable kind of victory that was cause for celebration last year <laughs> beating the, the piss out of uh usc by four touchdowns <laughs> didn't did not warrant a field storming right like I, we were already favored i think in the game going into it because we were at home like usc was undefeated we already had two losses at the time but you just beat them by four touchdowns that wasn't like as much that did not warrant uh, a field storming and like, okay, we got the funny moment when, you know, the, the fan got in the face of like Caleb Williams or whatever. And he was like crying essentially whatever, but it just, it, it shouldn't have happened. Like that's what kind of bothers me is when it's, when it's unnecessary. And in, in my mind, something like that is unnecessary. I can take you back to, there's another one too. Uh, and this is when I know emailers have said it. October 10th, 1998. Notre Dame finally, finally agrees to, after I, I think it was a, a, a two for one, come out to Tempe to play a Sun Devils team uh, that that had no business winning that game. Uh, Sun Devils 55, Notre Dame 31. It seems way closer than, than, than or it seems more of a blowout than it was. That was a game that, ASU was was willing to give up points. Uh, that was another one. It was like when you're a, when you're not a smaller school, but when you beat someone of prestige, like you're allowed to do it. But it's, see, I think in your example, like yeah, it's it's come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to act like you've been there before. Like, well, it's just- great to, to to destroy your rival, you know, like your bitter hated rival. Like you beat him by four touchdowns, that's awesome. But you celebrate, like you don't have to celebrate by storming the field, like. Storming the field should be, in my mind, when it, it is just like you, you, like you were mentioning before, where you're so overcome with emotion, where it's like this monkey that you've gotten off your back that you're just like, I- I've got to be on that field. I got, I got to, you know, touch where it happened and, you know, have my moment, all, albeit however brief, with the players and with the coaching staff and with whoever that did it, like, and be part of it, like the field in the moment. Again, beating someone by four touchdowns is, <laughs> is not that kind of a moment that that deserves that kind of. I just I I don't know, man. I, it, it's such a tough it's such a tough issue because it's like yeah, there there's it's got to be allowed, but at the same time, there's got to be some kind of restrictions because we are getting to the point where it's like uh, we're constantly every, everyone's gonna it's gonna lose its its 
It's the fact that it's special because it happens so often. <laughs> there you go. So I got an analogy for you, Park. You should be able to own a firearm willingly. You should be able to carry a firearm. <laughs> but yes. should you be able to carry a firearm into Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, let's draw the line, right? <laughs> No, you should be able to carry that into Chuck E. Cheese. Now, now you've solidified my opinion. We should be able to storm the court at all times, anytime we feel like. Not during the game, maybe, but yes, at all times. We, we maybe not, not during the game, maybe, maybe. Uh, all, pass that, pass over to me on the wing. I'm open. <laughs> you, you just wait till this gets in front of the Supreme Court. We got the right guys in there now. We're we're gonna. Jeez. We're going to get those guns and those chuckies. In fact, it, it, they're going to pass down a ruling where 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 uh, Charles E. Cheese himself will be packing. <laughs> he he better have, be packing. <laughs> he'll have a bandolier and he'll have a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, not just a pistol. I don't mean like a little. Uh, I don't mean a little forty-five. Like he's going to be carrying a full, fully automatic <laughs> AR-15. Uh, you know, uh, Gadsden uh, timber rattler on his arm. You know, he's going to be boom right there maybe a bandana <laughs> all the all the fun parts of rambo not the sad rambo the later rambo when he kills commies <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh, let's get to a little baseball i have a not, uh, the, a, sad rambo. <laughs> yeah, not, the, not the sad <laughs> vietnam vet rambo who is being scared away from oregon towns like yeah i'm just gonna drive you down the road you know we don't like your kind here the, the later rambo who gets lured back to the to Cambodia to shoot up communists. That's first the blood part two. <laughs> That's such a stupid fucking name. <laughs> the, 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 the original one is so sad. I mean, literally, about, it's like the first Rocky. It's like a serious movie. And then what it gets turned into is, uh, yeah, oh well, it's, he, he was supposed to be so overcome by PTSD that he blew his brains out. Like they were, that was supposed to end after the first one. And then they're like, we can franchise the shit out of this. What do you think? Celeste? <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's the difference I, I don't know if you'll ever get to the decades one but that i think that's the huge stark difference between the the cinema of the 70s and the 80s would have been like if if easy rider would have came out in the 80s it'd have been like this is awesome man you know how many easy riders we can make <laughs> i'm just gonna keep churning out easy riders until the end of time like and then imagine nowadays there'd be like a, there'd be a reboot of easy rider with like shia labeouf like, like oh they, my god it, 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 it would just be <laughs> No, it would it would just be totally commoditized and just totally thrown in the garbage, like Rambo or Rocky. Uh, if if he would have committed suicide at the at the end of Rocky, it would have been the it would have been the perfect end to that. It would have made it like a legendary yeah, film. Oh, yeah, uh, Rambo, Rambo, Rambo. <laughs> Rocky would have been sad, but if if he would have died in the ring, like after you know he they they finishes the match, he loses, he dies from exhaustion right there. I think that also could have put a seventy spin on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. I, I don't know if Sly has got the the chops to pull off a dying man, but Adrian, <laughs> <But, laughs> my heart's you, going out. But then we would have lost that great monologue when he talks to the Russians <laughs> in part four. Four, yeah, it's four is where he, Drago, yeah, yeah. And then we would have we never would have got the the monologue from three with Mister T where he, he's talking about he's going to take Adrian. <laughs> Oh, we never would have got the butler robot. Like, think of all yeah. the things that we would have oh, missed. The, that, <laughs> I know, I, I know the, the letters are filling in for a file and entertainment, but man, that, that Rocky Four between the butler robot, Ollie <laughs> basically 
prostituting him out to every marketer in the country. <laughs> His trip to Russia, uh, kind of like Tucker Carlson, goes to Russia, thinks he's going to get a fair deal, kind of gets set up, uh, kind of uses in a pawn, but then somehow he 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 leaves victorious and he's able to unite every well i guess that didn't happen in the paragraph. <laughs> and i don't think that tucker carlson had quite an impressive uh training montage uh as rocky did for that. <laughs> he, he just didn't he doesn't try man he just he just got that look weird look perplexed look there no one there's no one who looks more confused and constipated at the same time than Tucker Carlson. No one, not oh, on this planet. I, I thought you were talking for a second about Sylvester Stallone. So I was going to say, no, you got a point. So maybe they, uh, uh, Tucker Carlson could actually play Sylvester Stallone in, hey. uh, in a biopic, I guess. Hey, hey, uh, Ben Shapiro is making movies. They, 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 could, they could green light that. I also want to tell Ben Shapiro, since he is, he is officially shopping for movies, uh, please talk to talk to the uh, the team of Eric Stevens at Evil Market because we got a couple of cookies. <laughs> We'd have to work on casting, but we, we, we have to settle for some some lower casting grades. But but we can put together something for you. But I do well, we know we can get Candace Cameron Bure, right? Like we know oh yeah, we got her. So oh yeah, and we got Gina Carano. You can pencil her in wherever. <laughs> Boom, she's there. She's there. We just have to deal with the weird Holocaust rants, but I'm okay with that. Like I. I <laughs> I, I, I've been to an Elks club, and uh, so I, I'm, I'm used yes. to the weird Holocaust rants. Oh my God. <laughs> joking, but not joking. Uh, let me get to the New York Minute. If you could put a minute on the clock for me. Yes. Uh, I love how like, the Waffle House Minute was like the Waffle House half hour. Half hour. <laughs> yeah, I can't stop ourselves. We're just too hyped up for Friday. That's going to turn into a crazy one. But uh, put a minute on the clock for me. I'm going to psych us up for, do. for baseball. You really are the most devious bastard in New York City. Hey, jerk offs. Evil Mark has got your New York Minute about the evil empire. Yeah, we're talking baseball on this show. Now, while the, the Knicks are tearing up on the hardwood, don't sleep on the New York Yankees. They're back, and they've got a new basher in town, Juan Soto. This kid made a statement in his pinstripe debut, launching a mammoth three-run bomb in spring training. He's got power, he's got style, and he's already promising plenty of the Soto shuffle and bat flips all year long. With Soto expected to bat second, right in front of the guy who loves to interrupt college football, Aaron Judge, the Yankees lineup is stacked. And let's not forget about that Yankee Stadium, a place where lefties like Soto thrive. His 826 slugging percentage is no joke. This could be the start of something legendary. A new Ruth and Garrick duo in, in the making in the Bronx. With Soto on board and the Yankees making moves in the offseason, a deep playoff run is on the horizon. Get ready, New Yorkers, because the new Bronx Bombers are on the scene, ready to make pitchers scream, and they're ready to take over the diamond. Chicks dig the long ball, baseball players look better in pinstripes, and nothing, nothing can stop New York City from claiming an NBA Finals championship and a World Series championship. Wow. Uh, do, do you I, actually like, read these in the mirror to come out to, <laughs> to make sure that you have like a minute? Because that was uh, that was spot on again. That was really well done. I do pra- like I, I do I'm like I do try to practice it. Uh I I, I do have to I, I will immediately take back my comment about the I, I I'm not a Yankee fan by any means. I, I I've been accused of that before. Uh uh I, I have worn a Yankee hat as a style choice. I do like Derek Jeter. Uh not for anything he did on the field. I just love the fact that he would give <laughs> Is this his a uh sound? He would give his one night stands a, a, a gift basket. And I, I really, 
And I always like when I first heard that rumor, I was like, "That's really, that's really scummy." But then the more I thought about it, I was like, "It's kind of nice." That's I, and, and then there there was one, and and if, if he really felt like he wanted a second date, he would send her bagels the next day, which I think is kind of romantic. <laughs> a bagel <laughs> and a schmear and a pat schmear. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's an urban Lebanon joke there I would go for, but I'm, I'm not going to go for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's written on the card. For, but I, I know he is litigious, and I know he has more money than God. So I'm going to leave Derek Jeter alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, but how about those Yankees, man? And now they got Rizzo back healthy. Like, if this is not a uh, – which MLB is, my God, how – much of the cream into their jeans for LA and New York yeah. World Series. Like, yeah. if this is not Dodgers Yankees in October, well, shit, November, actually now, but if this is not uh, a World Series between those two organizations, I think the something has gone terribly, drastically wrong because they've both set themselves up for and you got being it. on top of the sport. You got Otani over there, but yeah, it's it, the only thing that can ruin it is this expanded playoffs. But man, if 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 there is a Dodgers Yankees World Series, that would be the first one since '82. Yeah, that 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 would be un unbelievable. Uh, I, I think even if that would be the dream scenario, but if either of those teams ends up in there, like I, I think is is would is it just and I know real diehard baseball fans aren't going to like this, especially if you're a Marlins fan or you're a Diamondback fan, or if you're an Oakland A's fan, but it, for, for maybe I'm biased as a Dodger fan, uh, but as someone who considers himself more of a casual baseball fan, like I do like it better. Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers are good. Like if, if, if the Royals are doing great, I could care less. Like it doesn't move <laughs> the needle for me. It should. It really doesn't. Like if the Oakland A's come out and they start tearing it up, it, it, it doesn't move me at all. I, I Every time you talk about classic baseball, you, you think of those teams. It's just. They're so loaded. It. They're so I, loaded. I mean, it, and I, I will partially agree because I, I do think that that makes the sport better, but it's also kind of cool with uh, seasons like last year where the Orioles just kind of out of nowhere, like they had been on the come up, but then just out of nowhere, they're really good. And it's like, and, and the Red Sox just conversely were just terrible. Like, I mean, it, it makes those Red Sox Yankees rivalry games not have as much weight to your point, but like when the Orioles just kind of out of nowhere, were good. That was kind of cool. I liked that just because they had been like dismal for so long. Um, and it's it made actually awesome. like the Orioles and Yankees kind of rivalry mm-hmm. actually have some weight. So, which is as long, as long as it's not the Astros, as long as we don't have to go down that road again, that's always ugly. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm really pumped up about this. And uh, of course, baseball is like obsessed with its own history. There was a uh, in the Cactus League at least they're they're playing like a video montage of uh there's they're celebrating a, a unique milestone for the Cactus League and they're going back of through all the players who who've been through the Cactus League and they were showing a lot of uh at, at a Mariners game they were showing a lot of the uh, a Rod or yeah a Rod as a as a rookie uh, with Ken Griffey Jr., with a young Ken Griffey Jr. it's 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 very much a sport. Uh, that's kind of obsessed with its own past, and in those jerseys, they just carry a lot more weight for the casual fan 
Uh, and it's always interesting. I, I, I think back to that. We when I was watching Field of Dreams last night. I was thinking about like when we went out there to uh, my first time out there with when I visited you to see Wrigley. And I was like, wow, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, the stadium, not the cat. Old- <laughs> yeah, not the cat. The, the cat would not see me till later on, and he, even then, he only snuck down into the room. And, was, and I was like, "Wrigley, is that you?" And then he ran away. <laughs> or I think I said, "What's up, bro?" <laughs> he was like, "No, yeah, Wrigley." Both were majestic. Uh, I, I <laughs> both took my breath away, but one I was really, really impressed with, and that was, uh, of course, Wrigley the cat. Uh, but uh, <laughs> help us. Uh, uh, speaking of. Uh, being obsessed with your past, but also needing to pay your bills. Uh, Eric, uh, tell us who our sponsor is this week. And they're mooning. They're mooning right now. I got to tell you, if you bought in SHIB before, when we first started promoting SHIB Inu, if you had put in, uh, I I think I got this from uh, our sponsor here. If you had put in $100 when SHIB Inu first got it, first started getting promoted on the show, that $100 would, would be worth $550 right now. Just saying. Wow. So yeah, so don't wait any longer. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu. Shib, Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. You can buy hashtag Shib on all the most popular coin exchanges like Mark's favorite of Coinbase. But the best place to find more information is by following at ShibToken on X. There you'll find the links to the Discord, subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more info on Shiba Inu, Diamond Paws, Shib to the Moon, and uh, Coinbase. Uh, they often have, well, especially if you have not gotten on the the crypto kind of currency kick, if you've just been curious about it and are now wanting to pull the, the trigger, uh, Coinbase, I know that they're not the sponsorship Shiba Inu is, but Coinbase often does have uh, kind of incentives for new users. Like if you, you know, uh, put some money or, or buy some um, crypto, they will actually kind of supplement your wallet or, you know, give you uh, free crypto as well. So if you're curious about it and want to buy Shiba Inu, you can go to Coinbase. And if you haven't done it before, uh, now's a good time because you can get the incentives. So. Definitely. It's, it's a, it's a, if you, if you ever thought about it, you're like, I missed the boat, still available, still out there, still doing great. Uh, ship army. I, I know there's, there's a lot of people, of course, none of this is investment advice, but if you, if you are ship army, you've held this long. If you got to get out, you got to get out. That's, that's good money that's on the table, but there's the, the feeling amongst the ship army and just me personally, not investment advice is to buy and hold. If anything, I'm going to double down, get more SHIB. Uh, we've already eliminated one zero. I imagine one or two more zeros in my mind are going to be coming off the board here within the next year. Uh, great time and also a great time for uh, uh, for some other cryptocurrencies if you're not familiar with that as well. Uh, instability is always great for cryptocurrency. And I, I think we're about to go into our most instable point in, <laughs> in, in our country here within the next year. So, hey, uh Get involved, at least start reading about it. Ship token, ship army, love those guys. And uh, yeah, you'd be four hundred and fifty dollars richer right now if you invested in Shiba Inu. Uh, I even even I got it, but I, I was looking at. I, I pretty much keep all our ship in in the wallet. I rarely cash it out just because of laziness, not because of any other reason. And I I I, I, I really thought today I was like I'm gonna maybe cash out a little bit, but I was like no diamond paws. Diamond positive. We got a trip to the moon. 
we, we can't be like those losers in Apollo 13 and quit halfway through. We are, oh we got, <laughs> we got to go. We got to get <laughs> all the way there. <laughs> we got to get all. It, it, it was Apollo 13, right? That's the one. That, yes. that, yeah. Okay. Good. good, good. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't be like those losers, Gary Sneese and those other weirdos. Don't be like that. You want to be like space cowboys. You want to get all <laughs> the way oh. there. We're, we're going to moon. We're, we might even go to Mars by hold diamond paws to the moon ship. Um, this is great. This is episode 212. Uh, we are pumped. We're excited. We're ready to bring you our final segment. It's Thursday. You know what that means. I, what it means is I did not bring our, our sound that I promised us last week. I will promise to have it next week. So I'll give you our old sound. I was gonna say, like when you we heard the the old stale Taco Thursday music, I kind it just sounded like failure but then yes. without even knowing about it you totally redeemed yourself with the <laughs> alex jones skate frogs remix that is incredible now i know there are some people who, who who don't appreciate my alex jones stuff but i just want to remind you that by support by giving alex jones attention and if it does turn into attention to alex jones 90 cents of every dollar that goes to alex jones goes to the sandy hook victims so you're actually <laughs> supporting the victims of Sandy Hook by watching Alex Jones. Just throwing that out there. Keep that in mind. So you, there's no need to feel guilty. He's not well, going to get any of that money. A, let's give him a buck eighty. Let's hear that again. Then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here we go. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Serious crap. Gay frogs. Freaking frogs. It's not funny. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Gay frogs. Uh, we we got our tacos, but before we get out of here today, I'll, I'll play you the the uh, the other great one, which is the Alex Jones uh, as a as an indie Alex Jones indie rock song, which is another great one, <laughs> great one. Uh, but Taco Amazing. Thursday is our version of weekly award show. We reward the best places, people, things with the best award anyone can receive a taco. Eric, I'd appreciate it if you guys kicked us off. Who is your first taco for this week? For sure. I think almost all sports fans around our age, uh, similar to Mark and I, if they were following sports as a kid, probably had a card collection. Me personally, I wanted to collect as many different versions of my favorite players as possible, obsessively filling binder after binder for enjoyment, but also bragging rice against my friends. For me, it was never really the thought that it might be an investment. I never expected that any cards that I procured would be one day a retirement fund, but I guess it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. In an award that I'm calling the, like, finding the great one at a garage sale taco, we find an anonymous Canadian buyer dropping nearly $4 million on an unopened case of ice hockey trading cards, $3.72 to be exact, on a case of 1979-1980 Opeaches containing 10,000 cards with odds that there is at the very least one, but possibly as many as 30 of the Wayne Gretzky rookie card, of which a graded gem mint 10 captured a $3.75 million fee itself at auction in 2021. 
It's unknown if the owner will even bother to open the case to check the amount of Gretzky rookies there. Perhaps they're hedging their bets that someone else will be willing to drop even more coin on the potential of the windfall. Of course, even if they open the cases and there are any great one rookies, there's no guarantee that it or any of the total number there would actually grade out at Gem Mint 10 to command the same value. There's even the chance that if there are as many as 30, as statisticians say is possible, that the market would be then flooded and the value would plummet. After all, it's not like all of those cards are going to get the same three and three quarter million dollar uh, at auction. Even so, it makes me think that I should grab a Beckett pricing guide and make a weekend of going through my remaining card stash to see if I have any diamonds in the rough. Not to be able to pay off my house or anything, but at the very least, maybe I could buy a bag of dog food because that shit is expensive. So here's to Gretzky, <laughs> the great one. It must be nice to be so beloved that even a piece of cardboard with your mug on it fetches almost the amount of the gross domestic product of some small island nation's an evil Mark Shotaco to you, sir, and to the buyer of the auction, whoever you may be. If you do decide to crack open those boxes, may we suggest that you don't do it on an empty stomach. These evil Mark Shotacos will keep you sustained for the duration, and even in the event that you somehow don't end up with a single Gretzky rookie, at least you have this EMS taco, which is a pretty damn good consolation prize. I have... Uh... I, I I saw that they, when you first put this taco on there, I was like, I'm okay. I was like, I need to go back and find. There's there's a handful of cards, literally a handful of of cards that I have in plastic sleeves that I have not looked through in years, in years. And I'll, I'll tell you who I got. Well, and, and then we'll see if they if they, if I have anything interesting here. I, and I swear I have not looked through these cards. A lot of these are NBA cars. I, I know okay. there's a Wayne Gretzky in here. It's not that Wayne Gretzky because when I saw that, I was like, hmm. I was like, no, no. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how can I get out of my job? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> $3.75 million. Here we go. It's a sad. It's it's like it's like looking at your lottery ticket when you know you have one. You're like, this is pointless. This is sad. Let me just look. Yeah. Okay. I knew. I knew I was going to lose. Okay. Here's here's what I got. For some reason, uh, a lot of these are from the 1990. Uh, I was obsessed with the... Uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend in Miami in 1990. So a lot of these are... <laughs> I have James Worthy from the 1990 uh, NBA All-Star Game. Okay. Uh, I have AC Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Joe Dumars. Okay. Here's a Wayne Gretzky card. This is a pro set. This is pretty bad shape, but this is uh, later in his career. Def- he's rocking a, a really tight mullet on the back of this card. <laughs> Sweet. I don't know how this one ended up. I have an Eric Chavez card. All right. An Eric Chavez Louisville Stars card. I think, oh, yeah, I know. I drafted him in in a fantasy league once, and I was like, I better get his rookie card because this guy is going to be great. (laughs) Uh, Scotty Pippen, NBA All-Star game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ooh, this one is – ooh, this one's in really bad shape. I have Rolando Blackman. Do you remember that name? I do, yeah. (laughs) All-Star. David Robinson. Of course, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, ooh. This is be, this is before they updated his name. This is the Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, Irvin Johnson. Kind of. He, he, he's so on that. Olajuwon. That might be worth something. The Akeem. A K E E M. Okay, we'll put this one off to the side. I'll I'll look that up and I'll I'll tweet it out. Irvin Johnson holding up his uh, MVP trophy from that nineteen ninety. Uh, all-star game Ooh, this is a name i haven't heard in a long time uh great guy uh dominique wilkins mm, yeah wow 
Ooh, uh, Lafayette lever, or this is uh, Denver Nuggets. Ooh, this is he was only second year in the league. Uh, I think he called they used to call him Fat, right? Fat lever. Yep. Uh, that's a good one. Oh, hey, maybe I do have something here. I hold in my hands. Wow, I didn't know I had this one. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. rated rookie card. Okay. Just to, uh, gosh, I know this is going to be one of those rookie cards where I, I'm going to turn on my camera and hold this up for, for Eric. So there's the there. score one. Okay. All right. Donruss. All right. Donruss. Donruss. Uh, uh, Ken Griffey. Okay. We'll put that off to the side where we, we need to look. This might be my ticket out. <laughs> oh, yes. Ken Griffey. You might be my ticket. <laughs> you might be my ticket out of here. Oh, uh, did you, did you just kiss it? Oh, yes. that just, that, did, that just degraded it. It went well, from no. a, <laughs> a gem mint 10. It's down to an eight now. <laughs> like, well, it, it was worth three, but then you, you put your lip. No, it's, it's in a plastic case. It's in a plastic case, but. Oh, please, please. You're my lottery ticket out of here. King Ricky. <laughs> Come on, kid. You've got to be it. So Donruss, we'll, we'll look that one up. Uh, Kevin McHale, more NBA All-Star rookie. Chris Mullen. Oh, I have a, a, this is a baseball card kind of mixed in here in the mix. I have a Johnny Bench. This is from later in his career. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is like when in his late 30s. I have Larry Bird. Okay. Uh, Adrian Beltre and Vladimir Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is where it gets weird. I have two. This is the exact same card. One of these is in really bad shape. I have a Gary Payton lottery draft pick, Seattle Supersonics card. Okay. That, it could be worth something. Yeah. I mean, are you talking about like a Hall of Fame player on a team that no longer exists? That's, uh, yeah, that could be worth something. Oh, I knew this one was going to turn around. I was like, I was like wondering where this, I used to collect fly Drexler cards like crazy. Um, noted, uh, 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 Terrible person, Carl Malone. Also, <laughs> uh, Dennis Rodman before the hair. Nice, Reggie Miller. So the 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 Rodman is a Pistons or is it Spurs? It's oh, this is the uh, same nineteen ninety NBA All Star. Okay, Ooh. so that would be Pistons. Really bad bend in it. Really bad bend in it. Even though it's under plastic. Tom Chambers. Ooh, I remember when he played. And oh, this is a great find here at the end. This is another one that I think. Uh, Maybe. And this, this guy is, is definitely a newsmaker and a newsmaker on the show. I'm going to show this one to Eric. This is a Deion Sanders draft. Oh, card. I have that exact same card. I hope yeah, this one. Yeah, that would be great. So we, 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 we might have a couple of tickets out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the show will continue, but the, the, the work in, in we'll software from the beach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will be doing it in a, a hotel while I, I put all this, this, this money up my nose. Just joking, but, uh, <laughs> But not joking. This, yeah, I, I'm always shocked by this. Like, I always think, like, I'm like, I'm like, one of these days, I'll look through these cards and I'll find something good, like this, like your story. And the, I, I don't think that the Wayne Gretzky story is. A, I'm going to look it up live. The the Ken Griffey. Let's see if I'm out of here. Ken Griffey. This is a Donruss rated rookie card. Let's see. Is it going to be like a, a Cliff Kingsbury's uh, girlfriend's giving you a rubdown scenario, or is it you can be like you at least make a mortgage payment this month with it, or what's oh it going to be? Or wow, okay, so this is kind of shocking. I'm kind of floored by this. So if it's in top line condition, uh, the same condition in, in the article, 
if someone is selling one on eBay for 7,000, this might just be a crazy person. Let's look at where they're selling it the cheapest. The cheapest price per eBay is $7.99. Wow. Hey. Okay. Yeah, there you go, dude. That. All right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, so now I put all my hopes on this uh, Dion Sanders. <laughs> Well, so okay, so you say if the, the most expensive was what eight grand, and the cheapest is eight hundred. So if you say, you know, ballpark, this is like a, a thousand dollar card, right? You know, and if you have no desire to keep it or hang on to it, if you're striking while the iron's hot, I mean, a grand that you didn't have is pretty good. Definitely, uh, number one pick. Let me see this Deion Sanders. Oh, let me see, orange rookie. Oh, this one is is sad. This one is sad. Three dollars. <laughs> I have a bad news for you here. This is uh, Dion Sanders is only worth ten dollars. <laughs> it's, it's the high bid on on eBay. Harry Payton also uh, also a five dollar card. So I have ten dollars okay. here, <laughs> twenty dollars here. Akeem Olajuwon, A Kate, A Keem, also another. Ten dollar card, the 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 King Griffey Junior. We, we might have something here. We we might have something. I'm going to put this off to the side, and then uh, I'm going to uh, figure out how I'm going to spend this this eight hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't sell yourself short. Try to get get a thousand. We'll take it. Do you have any card shops? I don't know if they like those seem to not like physical card shops. Don't seem to stay in business very long anymore. I don't, I don't think it's quite the hobby that it once was when we were kids, but if you've got a card shop, you know, maybe take it to them, have them appraise it and see what they, they would give you. Yeah. Now I'm really looking at the, the edges here. Edges are pretty rough along the top. Part of the problem is in the nineties, they sold these, these, these plastic cases and they're, they're a little bit loose. These are definitely not airtight. You can see a little bit of the color, dis- the, uh, the, the discoloration on the back and the orange. You can also see kind of the fraying of the top of the card bumping against the, the plastic case. Mm. Like this is one that's probably not beautifully rated, but it's a, uh, it, I, I could see this being on the lower end, definitely the top end and the side end. I'll make sure I, I tweet this out with a uh, hashtag EMS two twelve. Uh, I, I, I am taking offers. So <laughs> well, intru- now, now you just said how horrible condition it's in. You're going to get low barred, man. <laughs> Interesting offers accepted. <laughs> if, you have, if you have something, maybe we we can maybe we can do some business. Maybe we can do some business. That's a great story. That always gives me hope. But now that I've looked through all my cars, I realize uh, I collected way more NBA than anything else, and I was weirdly obsessed with the 1990 NBA All Star Weekend. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, Ernest Givens, uh, wide receiver for the Houston Oilers, was my favorite player as a kid. And so I have, God, I don't even know how many Ernest Givens cards, but it's just like, he's not well known. Like, I don't think any of those, like, cumulative, all those cards are probably going to be worth maybe 10 bucks. Like, so it's if if you ever got a sound investment. If you ever meet Unless him, they sell him right, <laughs> sell him to him. <laughs> he'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I'll buy the whole thing!" Like, hopefully he's alive. Hopefully he's alive. Like, I'll give you eleven dollars. <laughs> no, that would be cool. I would, I would love to meet Ernest Givens. He was my idol growing up. Great jerseys, great, great jerseys. Boom. I, I yeah, I was a huge collector. Uh, football, NBA. I like the baseball cards. I never 
like mm, I like Skybox. I remember Skybox being a really cool looking card just because they they looked great in the the mid nineties. Love those ones too. But yeah, I was more of an NBA card collector. I, I don't know why. I remember I had sheets and sheets and sheets of this, and I don't know why these ones ended up under plastic. <laughs> So mm-hmm. so poorly placed under plastic as well, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's the dream to find that card and be like, I'm out of here. I am right? so. <laughs> I go to my boss. Look, I found a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, and I'm good thing I looked up the price. I didn't just show up to work tomorrow and be like, fuck you guys. I have my card. I'm going to Peru to study to study spiders. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, but the maddening thing though, it's like okay. That one card is worth, you know, almost $4 million. But then this guy has $4 million to spend on a case in the hopes that he's going to come up with more of these cards, right? It's like, you already had $4 million. Why are you blowing that on the chance that another, like, I don't get it, man. Like, how how much money do you need? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I sound like a broken record. I know. I don't know how many times I've said it on this show. Like if I had just that initial $4 million, that would be me set. I would not, I'd be investing it. I would not be working at fucking all. Like I would still do the show. I would just be looking to do fun things and not work for anybody else. Like the people that like he's dropping $4 million in the hopes that he can make another $4 million. It's like, He's a degenerate fuck, man. Yeah, he's a degenerate gambler. Is what it is. It's 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 a it's a high end form of gambling where you can be like, oh yeah, now I can I can take all this money and dump it right back in. This this is like when you hear about guys who are like, oh, I won a hundred thousand dollars at a slot slot machines last year. It's like, yeah, how much did you spend though? Like, <laughs> right. where are you at? Like, what, <laughs> this is this, it's always like I won. It, 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 Norm's a uh, famous uh, quote, you know that that. Uh, that gambling is the only addiction where you can get filthy fucking rich. <laughs> but again, still an addiction. Well, let me get to my first taco. And this one's got sound. This is really great. It's got, a, again, we're picking up in the same musical theme. Cause I will, I will not let go of file entertainment season two. Um, once again, I bring you another NFL or sports star venturing into music. Travis Kelsey, freshly minted Super Bowl champion is truly living his best life as the kids on tiktok say i'm calling this first taco the sweet victory with sweet swifty serenades taco and i'm giving it to none other than party animal himself chiefs tight end travis kelsey now kelsey has found himself in another vegas whirlwind adventure but this time it's struggling to get to vegas in time for a party after a brief romantic interlude down under with his pop star sensation girlfriend, Taylor Swift, Kelsey jetted back to Sin City for a post-Super Bowl bash with his teammates. Now, reports from TMZ Sports detailed Kelsey's journey back to Vegas, where he joined his teammates for a victory lap of epic proportions. Now, videos emerged of Kelsey serenading Swifties with Taylor Swift tunes, showing off his vocal prowess and love for a good time. Now, let's see if all that time with Taylor Swift has actually helped his vocal stylings. Here is the... Uh, Last week, I gave you Kevin Durant. This week, I give you Travis Kelsey. Let's start with Love Story. First of all, that's, that's a weird version of that. It, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's an upix. And I believe this, this isn't just a party with any DJ. I believe that's, uh, maybe I'm getting the pronunciation wrong. I am over 35. Uh, Dead Mao? Dead Mao? Dead Mouse. 
Dead Mouse Dead, Five. The, the the five is supposed to be an S. Oh, it's Leet Speak, Mark. Come on, get hit. <laughs> He really wears that bucket on his head the whole time. He does. Just, I wonder if there's eye holes or. So wait a minute. When when Dead Mouse goes to to the bathroom, I'm assuming he just can't break character. So he's got. You're standing at a urinal next to a man with. <laughs> he put, he pulls out his schwanz and it also is wearing like the helmet. It's got a little tight. You're like, wow, this guy's committed to the bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he's another guy like the undertaker uh like like larry the cable guy who probably leaves for work and looks at that helmet and is like christ here we go <laughs> here we go let me get my helmet let me get right. my, this is so a, a little rough you can hear kelsey there but the, the crowd is singing along with it but he uh, kelsey didn't stop there he also treated fans to what anybody with a guitar would like to subject you to how about a little oasis here for you travis <laughs> kelsey style this is a weird this is a weird set list right like i i'm assuming that the, it's all upbeat like is is that the thing does dead mouse take your classic songs and then and then just play them. Uh, I, I don't know. I I just know how to say his name and what his shtick is. I don't know <laughs> how he normally goes about compiling a set list. And then here's my last clip. If, uh, it, all this says is swag surfing. I don't know what that means. Finally, things are going right for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> now, this About time he caught a break. Yeah, really. I mean, come on. Finally, there was that all those trials and tribulations when he was on that dating show, desperately looking for attention. There was the uh, uh, the failed YouTube channel where he's desperately seeking it. I'm glad he's finally getting the attention he's so desperately desired <laughs> before all this dating thing. Finally, Travis Kelsey is being recognized. Uh, but this Vegas rendezvous wasn't just a one-off event. It was the third trip for Kelsey in just two weeks. From golf addings to impromptu karaoke sessions, Kelsey is making the most of his time in the spotlight. That's why I'm awarding him an Evil Mark Show Taco, this one with Wrigley's Paw of Approval, and maybe Dead Mouse's Paw of Approval. While Taylor Swift continues her world tour, trudging through the, another foreign week of shows, Kelsey is holding down the fort in Vegas at karaoke bars. He's at private events with Dead Mouse. He's basically anywhere that's celebrating the Chiefs' victory. Travis will be there while his girlfriend is out working. You know what they say. No one wants to work anymore, obviously. Uh, and also, Kat, Kelsey, he's a party animal. And I'm loving every minute of it. And, and I say, you do you, man. You keep it rocking. Keep it rocking in darkly lit clubs with strange women dancing up on you. I, I can already hear what I hear. I don't hear Dead Mouse. I hear the Taylor Swift breakup song being written right now in the back <laughs> of my mind. So you keep doing you. And let's hope for that. Congrats, Travis. And congrats to the next guy patiently waiting in the wings to catch that Tay Tay rebound when all the partying is over. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's bound to happen. I'm surprised that they've uh, made it as far as they have. We're overdue. I'd like we have we, we, me and Jerry never got to finish talking about that. Like we, when they first started at the beginning of the NFL season, uh, we, I broke out the charts for them, and we kind of talked about 
when this usually ends for her. And we were like, per per estimates, we, we were kind of thinking it was going to happen right in the playoffs or right before the playoffs. Like we're, we're, we're in uncharted territory here. Uh, being that we're, we're, we, we love to cover sports, but we also love to cover pop culture. Uh, and we do like to predict sports. So if we were going to predict pop culture, I mean, do we see wedding bells or do we see this running its course here before the NFL season? How would you handicap this one? Uh, the, the fact that it's gone this long with as much attention as has been placed upon him, because I mean, she's, she being who she is, has always kind of had, you know, relationship attention, but nah, I, I don't think the spotlight has ever been really this bright because it's someone kind of that was already like uber famous in his own right before she came along. So like, even though she's kind of been in other high profile relationships before, I don't think it's ever kind of been to this extent. So that either kind of means that it's going to flame out historically bad, or maybe that it is going to be successful. I'm, I guess I'll kind of err on the side of like just hoping for happiness for her for once. So I guess for once, all the money in the world, like <laughs> why can't she be happy? Um, yeah. Like if she is truly happy, let's, uh, let's hope that it works out for her. See, I, I think it's, it's definitely helps that she's working, that she's on tour. Like I think the more time she spends with this is only going to hurt his case. Like it, it, it that's kind of the case for almost every relationship. <laughs> like <laughs> time away helps. So the fact that she's working, he's over there. I, I think this can only elongate this thing. I, if the over under is the NFL season, I, I, I'm going to say over. I, I definitely don't believe in the long term thing. Uh, I, I definitely think this will find a, an end. Maybe you'll be a nice end because it's so public, but I, I'm, I'm putting this after the NFL season. Wow. So another whole year. So. You- Okay. I'm thinking All by right. August. I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking after training camps open, I, I'm thinking probably right in the middle of the preseason. So probably right there in the, in the meaty part of August after the NFL draft, after we get all that, right. When we start really getting into the preseason games, get, get past the hall of fame game. So we're actually in the preseason. Oh, bef- that's where before I the season. Yeah. Okay. Before the season. Okay. All right. I thought, I thought you meant like after this next upcoming season, like maybe they, try to go for the third consecutive Super Bowl. Something happens. They don't make it. And she's like, I'm not going to be with a loser. I'm out of (laughs) here. Well, if you look at her dating history, I I don't think she's really opposed to that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not that I'm bitter, but uh, I will will (laughs) swallow my bitterness for now. Eric, who's your next taco for? Uh, You mentioned File Under, and it's another uh, a bit of a shameless plug for File Under. I know, I know. Mark always insists that we talk about it for several minutes towards the top of the show and sometimes even uh, does File Under (laughs) segments in the middle of the show. How greedy can I get? But there actually is some correlation here on the episode, which will drop next Tuesday. We're going to be talking about one of Mark's all-time favorite movies, Caddyshack. We already brought it up. for several minutes earlier, I think we'd be hard pressed to find anyone that is listening to a sports show that doesn't know what Caddyshack is about. But in broad strokes, it's a rags to riches story about an underdog caddy that proves that you don't have to be born with a silver spoon to be a good golfer. And we've got a couple of real world examples here for you this week in an award that I'm calling the very fitting, shameless FUE plug taco. We find PGA Tour rookie Jake Knapp winning the Mexico Open this past weekend earning his first career victory along the way. 
The 29-year-old made the cut for the first time ahead of the 2024 season, and during his lead-up, he needed to earn money some way, and that some way was as a bouncer of a nightclub. He said, quote, I worked as a nightclub bouncer. After losing status and missing at Q School in 2021, out of funds, I needed to be away from golf. I needed some responsibility and some perspective on things. I wasn't aware that the country club turned into a nightclub. I went there to be a bar back. They needed a security guy, and I was like, I don't know if I'm big enough, but I can stand there and look tough. I was there for eight months or so. It was crazier than I thought. Halloween was my second weekend, and then it's New Year's Eve and the holidays, so people are going nuts, end quote. He continued. It was a very long-winded response, (laughs) but basically just said that the gig allowed him to still practice golf during the days and then bounce at night. And it all eventually paid off with this win, which netted him $1.45 million and a qualification for the Masters. But the reason I chose the story is for the great headline by Bro Bible writer Jacob Elsie, who said, and I quote, Nightclub bouncer turned PGA Tour rookie shotguns beer in NHL jersey to celebrate first win, end quote. Now, that's a pretty awesome title, Jacob Elsie. Well done. He's got another one that we're going to be touching on in another talk. That's Jacob Elsie's like my guy. And across the pond, we've got another pro golfer, also 29 years old, Joe Dean from England, who started the weekend at 2,390th in the official world golf rankings. He had earned the right to compete on the DP World Tour last year, but hadn't been able to regularly compete because of the travel costs associated with it. So to make money, Dean was working as a delivery driver for the supermarket chain Morrison's, which he was doing as recently as this past weekend's lead up to the Kenya Open. He did compete in that tournament and finished the tournament at 12 under par, which earned him the equivalent of 215,500 US. When asked if he still planned on returning to delivery driving for the chain, he said, quote, I don't think it's sunk in yet. It's going to be life changing. It's what people dream of. It's what I've been aiming to do for a long time. End quote. Whatever you decide, Joe Dean, do so with this evil Mark Shotaco with Wrigley's Paw of Approval. One for both you and Jake Knapp. Good luck in all of your future golfing endeavors. And then, of course, because we've uh, – you can't mention Caddyshack on a show that, that plays sound and not give a uh, – give the man his due as far as uh, – if YouTube wants to fight me today, which obviously it does. How do you vamp? It's, it's, it's this damn thing. <laughs> well, I, first of all, I, I, I love the tweet. It's nap time. And the, the bro Bible writer is, is literally, he's killing it. Just, yeah. Some of, some of the best headlines and they're, they're no longer uh, so obsessed with, with Paige Spearnack. I'm really kind of surprised by that. Right, like a no, no Rachel Stolman either. Like I don't know what's going on. No, the Livy Dunn content has just kind of fallen off from Bro Bible. I don't know what's going on with them over there, but they're they're actually what covering sports. What is that? what is this about? That's weird. Yeah, it's very very odd. <laughs> oh, here we go. Finally, uh, Mama. Uh, Oh my gosh, I have so much crap here. <laughs> so I didn't know that you planned on doing this. I I, I did not. Should've... I I really I, I I was going to be spontaneous here. YouTube literally 
hates me. It's it's the blocker that I use. It does not like the fact that I I do not want to listen to a uh, thirty second ad. Oh wow! There's some really weird noise going on now too. It's, there we go. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could just find the the monologue and give it to you myself. <laughs> <laughs> Llama monologue. Nope, no, I can't. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine that it was very funny and profound all at the same time. Uh, if you do want to hear more about Caddyshack, you can tune in on Tuesday to the File Under C episode where Mark will be joining Jared and I to discuss Caddyshack, amongst yeah. other films. We will be there. We will be discussing Caddyshack. It's going to be off the hook. You got to make sure that you're there on Tuesday. Uh, I will have a sound effect available for you then. (laughs) Now I'm worried about these other sound effects for this, for this next talk, because this other one is, is very, very much. So Uh, it's, it's very sound intensive. And this is where maybe, maybe I can sell Eric on NASCAR. I believe it was good old Oscar Wilde that boldly asserted that life imitates art far more than art imitates life. But I don't think he would have guessed that art in this case would be the kids movie cars and life would be a NASCAR (laughs) race at Atlanta motor speedway. Now I call this next taco, the lightning McQueen goes full redneck taco. And I'm giving it to Daniel Suarez, Ryan Blaney and Kyle Busch for going three wide down the home stretch to bring cars to real life this past weekend for race fans. Now, NASCAR, NASCAR fans are dying to tell anyone who will listen about this finish here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway this past weekend. Daniel Suarez took home the checkered flag in one of the closest finishes in NASCAR race history. I'm talking about 0.0003 seconds over Ryan Blaney and 0.0007 seconds over Kyle Busch. It was a finish for the ages and ripped from the movie exactly of cars even blaney and bush couldn't believe it they compared it to the epic three wide finish from the movie cars where lightning mcqueen the king and she and chick hicks go neck and neck let me give you both sounds here if if the uh if the computer will let me hear so let me give you first let me give you the the sound from the uh from the legendary movie cars this is it daryl one lap to go and lightning mcqueen has a huge lead Oh, he's got it in the bag. Call in the dogs and put out the fire. We're going to crown us a new champion. Checkered flag, here I come. Oh, no! McQueen has blown a tire! And with only one turn to go, can he make it? You fool! It's too much. It's too much for me. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't relive cars again. Let me give you the NASCAR version of it. I love that sound. I, I, I'll give Jennifer's connected to that. That that weird locust sound. I dig it. Where does he block? Does he block high? Does he block yep. low? Here it comes. Kyle Busch to the middle. Shooting a gap. No help with Kyle Busch. Oh, Suarez right alongside him. Three wide. All Look at this. Four. Here they come to the flag. Three abreast. Photo finish. How about, I think it's Blaney. Unbelievable. Three wide finish. Have you ever seen anything like that? Scoring. Finish is under review. Scoring has the margin between the first three cars at 0.0. See, great sporting event. What I need is I need those guys from that Mississippi Valley. (laughs) I need them (laughs) calling this one. Uh, 
Suarez win is one for the books, and it's a reminder that NASCAR, anything can happen. I'm awarding a whole tray of tacos to this trio for providing one of the most epic finishes in NASCAR history and taking Disney Pixar cartoon drama into real life for fans of great sports finishes. Now, after a long day of racing NASCAR and fondly remembering the movie Cars and probably being a little bit drunk because you're a NASCAR fan and beating up on a nerd with a Bud Light t-shirt, you're probably dog-tired and a little drunk. Well, a lot drunk. But what better way to soak up all that booze and to celebrate a great ending with an Evil Mark Show taco, each serving, mimicking the three-wide finish with three individual tacos in each tray lined up side by side by side. Congrats to our winners and congratulations to NASCAR for finally giving me Something to talk about and a race ending worth playing on the show. And the sound <laughs> actually played, which is kind of nice. <laughs> I, you're not going to go for it. It's, it's too, is, is it the, is it a, a fish grateful dead situation? The, the, the fans turn you off or is it just, you famously said that, that racing is not a sport. Yeah, I do. I do not believe it. It is. Sorry. <laughs> I. I, yeah, I just can't do it. I to me, like not everybody can hit a three point shot, right? Not everybody can swing a bat and hit a baseball, you know, consistently. Not everyone can run uh, the forty yard dash, you know, like almost everybody <laughs> from sixteen to fucking a hundred can drive a vehicle, <laughs> and almost everybody has driven above the speed limit and almost everybody has driven and made nothing but left-hand turns. Like I, that is, <laughs> that is not a sport to me. Like it, certainly it's a test of endurance. Like when they're sitting there driving for 500 miles. And I mean, I give the pit crews a lot of credit for, you know, going fast and, and being very skilled at their job and, and doing their thing at a high rate of speed. But sitting there in a car and driving for that is not it's not a sport to me. I I don't get it. I don't I, I do not understand it. And that has to be the most like how does anyone go and sit there in the hot sun? Like you have to drink. Like that has to be <laughs> you, you have to do something to just get your mind off the fact that you're sitting there watching uh, what four or five hours worth of cars turning left? Like that is not. I, I do not understand the the appeal at it, all. At it all, does, it, the smell seems like the worst because he like you you basically got gas burning. Yeah, you get you, you got. Uh, uh, let me let me see if I can give you the. Oh yeah, here's here's the the, the actual. Scene. Move like a Cadillac sting. Also, we need these Mississippi Valley State guys. So they, we need better announcers in NASCAR, <laughs> even in the movie form, in, in, in the real form. Yeah, they, 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 there needs to be more excitement about the three wide. They, they, they just dourly note it, uh, not enough excitement. It, it, the other thing that's cars. So not only are the cars animal perfect, like they're 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 existing. The trailers in the infield are also 
existing. The people who watch the the events are, are cars are as well. So it, cars. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it, it's a scenario where cars have taken over humans, right? Like every sentient being is a vehicle of some sort, right? You know, Isn't they it? never get they never get into the lore. I don't know if it's like a Planet of the Apes kind of thing. Like, <laughs> there's no human protagonist. It's like you damn dirty cars. It was Earth <laughs> all along. Like, I, I think in most Pixar movies, they they never get into the dark side of it. I, it's just, you're just to suspend disbelief that there's a universe where there's nothing but cars. But let me tell you something about the Cars universe. There's there's a Obama car. So at one point they, you know, he meets the president and the president's Obama, but as a car. So what does that okay. tell us? So what is that? That tells us that in this universe, there's a Osama bin Laden car. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-to-one, right? <laughs> right. I guess it has to be. <laughs> so there's, there's ISIS cars. <laughs> that means in some part of the car's universe, there's, there's, there's an Osama bin Laden car. Which I imagine it would be like a. I don't want to discount him. I, I imagine it would be like a Cadillac Broham, like <laughs> in a cave somewhere plotting. <laughs> it's never kind of expounded in the Cars universe, but I wonder about this. I I really really wonder about the Cars universe. Not not Larry the Cable Guy who's playing Mater. Not 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 Owen Wilson who's playing Lightning McQueen. Where's the Osama bin Laden car? That's what I want to know. Where's the Trump car? I'd also be interested to know what he's doing in this time, this this timeline. I'm fascinated by the world of cars. He was probably having his dipstick checked or something in in the locker room somewhere. (laughs) He was having another another car uh, spew uh, fluid. (laughs) The Stormy Daniels car. (laughs) The Stormy Daniels. Oh, what kind of kind of beat to shit car is that? Uh, well eric i'll let you you close this out here with your uh, your well i have one last taco about uh, cam new but give me your last taco yes uh jacob elsie again from brobile uh, you mentioned it he's killing it with these headline titles check this one out quote georgia tech frosh dons lizard mask in a reptilian ritual after racking up 1500 feet in home run distance end quote now doesn't that sound like an article that you desperately need to check out okay so it's clickbaity as hell because we learned that since the 2022 season the yellow jacket player of the game wears a rubber lizard mask in the locker room celebration it's not a secret society nod or anything nefarious like that well that we know of i'm wondering why it's not anything to do with a b or Hornet because it seems like a huge wasted opportunity to me. But what wasn't a wasted opportunity were any of the at-bats for freshman Drew Burgess, who went ham into this Tuesday tilt against Georgia State in an award that I'm calling the Ladies Love Lizards Launching Long Balls (laughs) Saka. We find Burgess setting a Georgia Tech record by belting four home runs in a game. He finished Tuesday's matchup four for four with the four dingers and six runs batted in total earning obvious player of the game honors and the right to don the lizard mask with the performance. Burgess has nine home runs through eight games to lead all of college baseball. He's also rocking a 441 batting average with 20 RBIs while hitting leadoff. 
Uh, and these aren't the wind aided wall scrapers or inside the park home runs either. Home run number one was a 452 foot blast to left center, even with an aluminum bat. That's quite the impressive distance. It'll be exciting to watch this kid play the remainder of the season. And if the performances continue to be anything like this, no doubt we'll be seeing more of him in the lizard mask and also right here earning more evil mark show tacos. Congrats and enjoy. Do lizards like tacos? Of course, because everyone likes tacos. Let me, the, the audio of his fourth home run is it's pretty great. One, two, high drive. Does it have enough to the track, to the wall? There it goes. History for Burris. A four home run game. It's never been done in Georgia Tech. And it comes from a man. In his eighth career game, touch a ball, Drew Burris. Eighth career game. Oh my gosh! And then he uh, he shows up. Yeah, we're not a frog. It's just a bunch of lizards on the team. And sorry for the mix-up, but there's a lizard, and we're all a bunch of lizards. So embrace the lizard and fear the lizard. <laughs> of course. Uh, someone might want to weigh in. I'm telling you, it's what all the ancients said. It's what they warned of. It's what we're dealing with. They're demons. They're demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me let me also give you that that first one. That first one is is the is the epic one. The the 452 foot his reputation home run. preceded him, and he has lived up to the billing early in his Georgia Tech career. And another one belted deep in the left. No doubter, Drew Burris. And the hype is not subsiding anytime soon. Yeah, and you never, you're never sure what it's going to look like until the lights come on, and so far, so good. We've seen that left field power alley be, be comfortable for him. He's got that Alfonso Soriano kind of batting yeah, stance, definitely. man. He just really wings it back there. You're like, oh, is this guy even going to be able to make contact with how weird exactly. his arms are set? He just right. launches like, it. You wouldn't think that he'd have the the control or the bat speed to get in plane in the zone to be able to make that kind of like barrel contact. But he does, man, <laughs> he, he rips them. And Jacob Elsie. And, and you, do you know the other fact about Jacob Elsie? Not only broke by, broke by Bible writer, but also university of South Carolina Gamecock. <laughs> yes, he is. I, 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 if I remember correctly, I would have to dig back to his records. I know he's a guy who's not been uh was never a fan of of one NFL prospect, uh, um, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. <laughs> Unfortunately, he, he never really gave Spencer Rattler the fair well, shot. Why do you think I like Shaky Bussy so much? <laughs> <laughs> and now Spencer Rattler is off to the uh, what do they call it? What do they call the new USFL? What, what's the name that they settle on? <laughs> uh, I think it's the UFL now because oh, it's the, the combined UFL. USFL and uh, XFL. Yeah. Wow. My team's no longer there, man. The New Orleans Breakers was one of the teams that got cold in the uh, the merger. So, oh, did they keep the Birmingham? Uh, they did. They kept oh, they kept God. Birmingham, but uh, Philadelphia's gone. Um, Is that weird? Think- uh, Bay Harbor Butcher one gone as well. <laughs> Hopefully so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Well, the uh, Houston. I think I think it was Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think they. I think they got cold. That was totally Dexter Morgan. That, that's what that was. <laughs> that was like, like they they modeled that after that. Yeah, I I, I imagine be, be, during this off season we'll, we'll probably touch on that a little bit when it comes back. And yeah, I don't think there's 
anything more hype driven or disappointing than, than spring football. There's hmm. nothing more disappointing than life. Maybe I mean, seven on seven football is going to be disappointing <laughs> as well. Like if you're really super desperate for it. Like, I mean, I, I caught a couple of those games. It's just like, it doesn't have the same investment level. I mean, you could tell that the product on the field is definitely not, uh, I mean, certainly not NFL, but I mean, that's what these guys are striving to do is having a, another shot on an NFL roster and they're trying. So, I mean, you got to give them that, but they're, some of these guys are giving it their all, you know, they're just desperate to, to continue playing the game. Don't want to give it up. So, I mean, more power to them, but yeah, it's it, just, it's not the it, same. It's hard to watch. It's like the East West game. It's like the senior bowl. It's just, you, you got a bunch of guys who were, who were good enough for, to be exceptional in college, but, not great enough to be in the NFL and they're, they're not playing as a team. And you maybe maybe you'll see one or two good plays, but a lot of it's just really sloppy football. And it's just, it's the nature of spring football. You got it. A team has to be cohesive in, in football. You can't just like throw a bunch of guys together and, and hope everything works out. Yep. Except in our, in our other screenplay for the, uh, where Jesus leads a team. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know, a little bit of a divine intervention, I think. In that yeah. Case. Well, you, you got JC there. I mean, the, the man can turn water into wine. You, you know, you know, the tailgate's going to be off the hook. You know, the after party is <laughs> going to be Travis Kelsey, dead mouse. Like, cause if Travis Kelsey can get dead mouse, like who can, who can Jesus get you? He can get you. Like, who do you want? Like, he probably get you a couple DJs. He probably get you like, He'll get you a couple DJs. He'll get you Polly Shore dancing off to the side. He'll get you Carmen Electra. It's JC, man. He'll get you. <laughs> we get you guys from Daft Yeah. Like we have DJs with masks on, I guess. So They'll get you multiple mask DJs. <laughs> a whole <laughs> plethora of them. Uh, let me get to my last cycle. If there's one guy casual NFL fans hate, it's hat connoisseur, attention whore, and former Carolina Panther quarterback Cam Newton. And although Newton has been out of the league for the last two seasons, Two seasons, he still attracts headlines and haters. This past year, he not this past year alone, he wore a, tap, a top hat on an airplane, upsetting other coach travelers. He started a podcast specifically to insult current players he deems system quarterbacks like Brock Purdy. And now he's fighting a group of men at a youth football league. I call this next <laughs> taco the this is a seven on seven football tournament. No, this is Sparta Taco. During a youth football tournament in Atlanta this past Saturday. Three men from a rival seven-on-seven team attacked Newton, and things didn't go as planned for the gang, or I mean youth football organization. The scuffle went down at the Weeball Sports Dynasty U 7x7 tournament in Atlanta, and let me tell you, it was wild. Newton is rocking one of his trademark custom hats. Big, it's purple, it's large, it's it's a top hat, but with the, the top part cut out so his hair can come through kind of like a uh, uh, a, a, a reggae tone cat in the hat kind of situation it's a brilliantly blue color um i'll, I'll make sure that we we tweet this out with the hashtag ems 212 he's wearing his hat he's approached by three tops three assailants uh and i mentioned this earlier in the show kind of like a liam neeson kind of situation newton and remember newton is if we need the stats here newton weighs in at 6'5", 245 pounds when he played. He's probably closer to 280 right now. And he handled the situation calmly and dominantly. Not throwing a single punch, but 
shoving the participants back so they could not hurt him and stopping the fight from escalating. The event staff and security eventually stepped in, but not before the incident went viral, drawing reactions from across the NFL. First, let me play a little audio from from the fight itself. It, it sounds like a melee because it is. And uh, let me explain. So there's Cam Newton's on the top of some steps. Three men approach him and they immediately start uh, grabbing his shoulder and start seemingly talking gunk to uh, Newton. And then Newton pushes their arms back. Let me play a little bit of this. Now that snap is uh, uh, Cam Newton dropped his cane, that his matching cane that goes along with his hat and outfit. Of course. <laughs> so he's, he's dressed to the nines. He's approached by three toughs. They start giving him the business, and then Cam Newton starts shoving them back. Remember, this is a youth tournament for children is where this fight is taking place. A youth tournament for children. And, of course, a, a lot of people got really, really upset. Uh, by this fight, here's a different sound, uh, more sound of the melee. Cam is literally just pushing them off him, uh, shaking them away. Uh, they're not able to kind of make any contact or or, or anything like that. Uh, this is a, a this was a crazy melee, and and NFL other NFL players decided to to weigh in. Uh, former NFL stars, I, I'm going to turn the, the 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 mic over to to uh, uh, noted voice of a new sports generation uh, with his podcast Club Shay Shay. I'm going to turn it over to the the cooler head of. Uh, a man who I know will give us a nuanced opinion in no way driven by just pure overreaction. Uh, one Shannon Sharp. I hate this because I've seen videos before. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, let, me, let me go. <laughs> the, the man is a treasure. I hate this because I've seen videos before of kids being openly and blatantly disrespectful to Cam Newton. Cam Newton doesn't have to do this. Cam Newton has made enough money in the NFL. He can kick his feet up and do what he wants to do, do his podcast, and he's doing a great job of that. But he decided that, you know what, I want to give something back. I want to be able to share. Now, let me describe this scene. Uh, Shannon Sharp is in a pink and gray plaid sports jacket, white shirt. Um, across from him is one uh, Notre Dame hater. Uh, he he might also be a maybe Stephen A. Smith is really UVA Doug. That's why he doesn't want to come on the show. <laughs> I've, never, <laughs> I, I've never connected those dots till now. Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> like, <laughs> and by the way, UVA Doug's email was like Stephen A. Smith has never made any sense until now, <laughs> which. I meant to mention earlier, but so Shannon Sharp is breaking this down. Stephen A is st- sitting across from the table and he's got his hands folded in his lap and he's, he's shaking his head. Like he's like, he's hearing a, a, a spiritual and partake some of this knowledge and wisdom that I've uh, garnered over the years. And maybe some of these kids can get something from me. Had it been me in that situation, when I was growing up, Stephen, if I could have got a professional athlete, somebody that I could touch that came from my community that was doing something great, 
Yes, sir. No, sir. Never being disrespectful. And we've seen the videos. Oh, you're a free agent. Oh, you this. Oh, you that. Cam is being probably going to be something more than you'll ever be. Instead of uh, uh, learning and trying to gain wisdom, you go to try to be disrespectful. But I and I told his dad this: the first time those campers would have started being disrespectful, I'd have shut it down. I'm not going to. The one thing I will not tolerate is disrespect, especially from a child. But remember, this is a guy who worked who worked with Skip Bayless. I, I think now we understand the reason why that, that pairing broke up. Cam doesn't have to do this. Now, it's being reported they might have been adults. They might have been kids. Even the adults, sometimes the adults are worse than the kids. Right. Because what we're starting to see, Stephen A., is that parents are starting to live vicariously through their kids. Right. They weren't able to accomplish something. So I would drive my kid. My kid is about to be the next Peyton Manning or the Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Donald or whatever the case may be. But Cam showed great restraint because Cam didn't throw any punches. He just slanging people off and trying to keep people up off him. He got one in the headlock. He threw one in the bushes. The other one's coming and somebody <laughs> threw a punch. Now, I don't know if they were throwing the punch at Cam or trying to hit the guy that Cam had, but this is unacceptable. Security got to do a better job. That is Cam Newton. Do a better job of protecting him. It should have never, they should have never been able to get that. Do a better job of protecting Cam Newton. That is Cam Newton, uh, uh, the uh, America's sweetheart, America's best-dressed former NFL player. And I also, I, I, I echo Shannon Sharp sentiments. I, I am also extremely upset and uh, about how Cam Newton was treated. He doesn't need this. Cam Newton doesn't need to go out in public at all. Is I, I also vote for that as well. Uh, anything to keep his, <laughs> his fashion away from the general public, I'm all for it. I, I also I, I will take umbrage with the the fact that Cam Newton has money. He was flying last year on a coach seat, and he was in full regalia, in his full hat, uh, full matching shirt. I, I, I don't know how much money Cam Newton has. I'm sure it's more than I have, but I, 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 I not enough to not fly coach is what I'm saying. In <laughs> uh, in of course, this was uh, there was a little bit of pressure here earlier in the day because one of the assailants had referred to Cam as uh, the quarterback bitch from Atlanta, <laughs> and another one said, "We're going to show him how we do War Eagle," and then the. <laughs> the, the assailants started to laugh earlier. So I think they knew that they were, they were looking for Cam Newton, but Cam Newton was able to hold his own and he is, he is okay. So I am going to uh, make sure, sure that, yeah, could you imagine if Cam Newton got, and these are small guys. These are, I, I'd say men, probably my height. They're, they're it, like, they're, they're probably close to six foot. They're probably saying they're six foot. They're probably closer to five eleven, And th these are not big men. And, and there are three of them are, are attacking Cam Newton. Why? I have no idea. Just because he dresses like a, like an idiot does not mean <laughs> you can manhandle him. Like he, like he's a child, but I'm going to give these tacos to Cam Newton himself for going all Clint Eastwood on these punks, standing his ground. And I think the most impressive thing, and you'll witness this when you watch the video, the most important thing I think is he never loses his hat. His hat stays on the entire <laughs> scuffle, never releases from his head. And, and that's what you really want. Uh, you, you want your beautiful hat to stay on uh, so you can keep with your fashion. And sad postscript to the story, someone did come along and steal his cane. His, no, his, no. It, it's not a medical cane, thank goodness. So Cam was already ready to walk, but it was a fashion cane. So we, we are <laughs> on the left. <laughs> a fashion cane. You've never heard this before. <laughs>
but congratulations to Cam Newton punking out the little punks. And uh, even if the scuffle does happen at a youth football camp, you have to, at all times, stand your ground. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, it was unfortunate. Just uh, you see these things in American society and, and you wonder where, where law and order is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it starts with foreign grocery stores and it ends with, with our heroes like Cam Newton <laughs> being assaulted at seven on seven youth camps. Right. You hate to see it. Like someone having his fancy twirling cane just stolen out right from underneath him. Oh. <laughs> I knew a guy who uh, I went to high school with who used to, uh, when he was a senior, he got really into, uh, which is really funny about this, is I had met him at a, uh, that's a whole other story. Like, I, Well, I'll just say it since we've already run over and I, I, I promise I'll keep this under 10 minutes. <laughs> so I was like a, a sophomore, right? And uh, yeah, before I had a car. So yeah, I must've been a freshman or a sophomore. And this girl was a friend of a friend. She calls me up because there was no, I think she actually paged me. So I called her back and uh, <laughs> this is like 1995, 96. So she's like, Hey, you should come over to my house. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, great. I, I'm reading between the lines here. Rush over there, rush to her house, get there. Her dad's there, and I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem like what I thought it was. So he takes us to a youth group, a high school youth Christian group for a uh, for a group Bible study. So you can only imagine my disappointment when he gets to the Orangewood Baptist Church for the uh, for the teenager group study with the really cool youth pastor. So. We're in there. We're talking about the Bible. We're specifically talking about, this is great. We've talked about this on the show, when, when Jesus loses his shit and how it's okay if you're a teenager to lose your cool sometimes. And <laughs> when it's justified and when it's not and when we have to apologize. And so I'm flummoxed. Not that I don't like JC, but I kind of thought I was there to to uh, get some pussy, not talk about Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> That was my... So one of the guys in the class is a, a kid who was a, a, a very theatrical kid, uh, very fun, uh, but you could tell he was he was a guy who was really struggling in high school and and we met and we we I met him at this youth group and we had a good conversation about Jesus Christ and anger, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I see him three weeks in our high school and he has dressed head to toe like Huggy Bear from from Starsky and Hutch. Like a pimp. Like a pimp. A full cane, a hat, the jacket, the undershirt. The the like nowadays this would be normally like what Shannon Sharps wears, but back then in the nineties this was pimp regalia. He's there and he's people are shocked. Like this is a normal middle class white high school, and here he is in the quad dressed in full pimp regalia, and he's uh, he's giving out raps, kind of like he's Ruby Ray Moore. So people are gathering around and he's reciting these like freestyle verses, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, that's. That's uh, gosh. If I knew his name, I would definitely out him because I've outed everybody I've known. <laughs> like, there's there's no way I would protect his identity. But we'll call him Jeff in this case. I'm like Jeff is over there. I'm like I met this guy in a fucking in a Christian Bible study. So I go over there, and he's he's quoting Ice Cube. He's quoting Ice Cube from the little known album, not well regarded, but definitely good if you're if you're a hip hop head from Lethal Injection. Great album, by the way. Not not as fancy as America's Most Wanted. Doesn't have the great rhymes from the Predator. It's 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 later in his catalog. Maybe like one or two albums after the Predator. 
obviously Predator, America's Most Wanted, greatest albums. Lethal Injection, got a few bangers on there, but it is what it is. Like, look, they can't all be winners. So he's <laughs> quoting Ice Cube in the quad. And me, now, I'm offended, not because of the pimp gear, but because of the aping Ice Cube. I, I, I felt it wasn't fair. So was I he, was he trying to pass it off as his own? Yes, he was okay. passing this off as own. And, and if, if I remember this, I, he, he says, uh, "Gosh, I can't remember the name of the song, but was like he tell you, like, uh, oh, he was saying, uh, this is pimping ain't easy, but it's necessary." So I'm pimping bitches like Tom hates Jerry. Put the pedal to the floor on my two door Ford Explorer. You know how it's done. Sound bumping, ain't no jumping. Jump on the one ten. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, that's Ice Cube. That's from Lethal Injection. I'm like, you can't quote Ice Cube. So then, inadvertently, now I'm upset by the by the 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 Sinigans hip hop that he's claiming uh, Ice Cube. But this caused an unraveling that uh, that he's exposed as a fraud for for his his fake hip hop verses, and then this leads. To the intervention at the at the church youth group a couple weeks later. And I'm invited to the intervention. And <laughs> at this point, I'm only there because I'm like, this is great. Like, I can't wait to see this. Uh, I, I'm like, this kid is, well, at the time I was like, maybe he'll do even something weird. Maybe something bad will happen. Like, <laughs> I'm totally rubbernecking on it. <laughs> and the intervention, Eric, is for me, for being uh, me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For calling him out, yes. Oh my god! So and and so we get into it, and we're, we're like, "Why did you pick on him? He didn't have to do that." You know, he's having a hard time in school, and I'm like, "I'm like, he's stealing from my ice cube. He should not be allowed to steal from my ice cube." Uh, I'm going. I'm like, he even said it. He even said n word. It's not. He can't do it. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not saying that this is back in a different time, different age. You can't say that now, no matter what. We we've been down that road. I'm more upset at that time when 95, 96, because that's Ice Cube. Not because of the <laughs> I'm more upset that he's stealing from Ice Cube. They turn on me. I accuse them of being dirty Protestants. <laughs> and, and I'm excused from said youth group. <laughs> uh, shocking. And this story uh, takes incredible. This story takes another twist. So now there's now there's bad blood in the words of Taylor Swift. So he continues to wear his pimp regalia, and uh, we're in a, a biology class, and he leaves his cane behind, his fashion cane behind. So I take his fashion cane, and, and I refuse to give it to him. And and then he wants his cane back because it matches his outfit. It, it's it's a. It's not only just a fashion cane, it matches a couple different of he had like three pimp outfits. And it kind of goes with all three. I refuse to give him the cane back. Refuse. So we brokered an agreement where he gives me his Bible and I give him his cane back. So <laughs> we trade the cane for the Bible. All and right. then and then he thinks like later on, everyone's like the, the rest of my sophomore year, I think it was either my sophomore or junior year. There's all this like people, people, first of all, love the story. It, it became a, a legend there, but then it became a point like, well, you, you're going to give him the Bible back. Right. And I, was, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. 
I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and it almost became like a challenge. Like at one point he, he dropped his pimp back and everyone in his youth group eventually came up to me. They're like, like, can, can we just, please, can you give him the cane back? Like, uh, like, can you give him his Bible back? He'll give you the cane. Like he's no longer doing that. Is, is there anything you'll, you'll do? Will you, will you do to give him back? His and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and, and I would, and then I would, uh, I'd see him from time to time. And this is, the unenlightened mark. This is the the more regressive past mark. I would uh, he, he would be begging me to have his Bible back, and I would threaten to flush it down the toilet. <laughs> I, I would threaten. I would threaten to burn it. I would threaten to throw it on the. <laughs> so where is this Bible now? Please tell me this is still in your possession. That this is uh that this spite has has carried you for all this time. I in true in true simp fashion. Uh, uh, the woman who would be my high school sweetheart in my senior year finally was like, you have to give him back his Bible. You have to do it. It's the right thing. She was on my ass for months and months and months. And then at one point there was another intervention where he cried. And at that point I was like, okay, it's not fun for me. So I eventually did give him, give him back his Bible. And, uh, and what I wanted to exchange was his hat his pimp hat and his pimp cane. <laughs> so would you still have that? <laughs> no, which I I promptly uh, put on our school's mascot uh, during senior week, <laughs> and uh, it it was removed from the statue, and that was considered uh, uh, that's a whole other story. That was considered uh, defacing or. Uh, uh, <laughs> I forget what the term was. It was basically I got in trouble for graffiti for putting this this parts of this pimp outfit on a a a horse, a colt <laughs> who was our mascot. <laughs> and oh well, and then I also screwed Chronic the Colt on the, on the statue. So that that, that might have been where they were coming from with the defacing. So <laughs> all of that to tell you this, oh, I, man. I I can definitely. This this missing cane. My my advice to whoever has this cane is just: it's not worth the trouble. Don't get yourself involved. Give Cam Newton back his cane. Let's let's move on with the next chapter of our lives. We <laughs> wait until uh, an intervention, and <laughs> and you're forced to give it up, and yeah. then get something in return. Get uh, Cam Newton's uh, pimp hat in return. <laughs> All right. See if he has a family heirloom, like a. <laughs> <laughs> that was the great thing about it because it, it wasn't just like his bible that he had like earmarked to put notes in no it was his family's bible <laughs> and i wouldn't give it back <laughs> i bet they were so furious and they, they probably had uh, a very private conversation with him like you lost the family heirloom bible for a fucking pimp cane <laughs> And I, it's a fashion cane. It's my walking around twirling cane. You don't get it. It goes with the outfit. It goes with all my. Yeah, no, he lit. He, yeah, I was even approached by by I forget it was his uncle or his dad was like, look, it's just like, look, we'll give I'll give you money for the like. And I was lit, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, it's mine now. I'm like, it's mine. And I'm, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> I had it for for a good over a year. I, I had that Bible. Never opened it never brought it back, never did anything. And I would just, I would taunt him with it sometimes. Like we, he went to, I went to first lunch, he went to second lunch and you'd kind of be crossing paths while you went to the next period. So sometimes like I knew the class that he came out when he went to lunch and I'd just be standing there holding it. And I'd be like, today's the day, today's the day I burn. 
just fucked up, man. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. I, 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 I can maybe, maybe, you know, I really thought I was relating to Cam Newton. Maybe I can relate to the punks who attacked <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of starting to see uh, why they had the reason for the intervention. <laughs> every, every one of my other friends is be like, uh, there, there was only one guy I knew. He was another Catholic at the time. He goes, this this one guy. No, it's even better because later in life he 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 would become a deacon, and he goes, he goes, you know. It's a Protestant Bible. It's not a real Bible anyway. So it's no big deal. You can burn it. It's fine. <laughs> and at the time, I always thought it was, it was like later on, now that I'm ex Catholic and I, I've met other Catholics, people who were like really, really into it. Like I, it, it reminds me of when I was in prison one time and for. I, I used to hang out with a lot of the Catholics guys. And one time they had a guy come in and they, they did the uh, uh, communion. And the senior guy who went to Creighton one time, we, we did the communion, like we're getting ready to go into communion and he pulls me aside. This is, it, it, this is the perfect end to that, that Bible story. He goes, I'm going in there to do communion. I'm like, well, it's the guy, he's here, he's a Protestant, we do communion, I guess. Like, it is what it is. This is who here. And he pulls me aside, he goes, hey, 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 ham, ham, ham. Goes, it's a Protestant, it's not real communion anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes. And this is what the other guy told me. He goes, doesn't count. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's the Catholic experience in a nutshell. Do something terrible to a Protestant and be like, don't worry. don't." Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But mm, is it really bad? Kind of doesn't count. You're, you're good. You're good. That's not the body of Christ. At the at best case, it's the body of Dave Christ. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> Like, like we won't, we won't give this guy any hard time. But like, come on, like we, we all kind of like each other. And I was like, oh, 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 yeah. That that guy also came in one time on Ash Wednesday to spread ashes, and that, that was like, nah, we're not going to do it because it doesn't. <laughs> That's how heavy and mean Catholics are. Just throwing it out there, <laughs> or maybe me, but uh, wonderful show today. We we've, we've really covered. <laughs> <laughs> the whole gamut. Owen Wilson covered Larry the Cable Guy, Undertaker. Wow, covered... were we sacrilegious? Wow. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Like, I took your Bible. Like, I, I, I don't get it, man. <laughs> like, you, you're holding on to things. That are, you, you, where's your Sky Daddy now? <laughs> your sky Daddy. He's not here, huh? He's not so powerful, is he? Where's your Sky Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i thought that was funny the more i the more i elaborate in this story the more i remember the more terrible i realized i was (laughs) wow okay so let's wrap this up as we wrap up the show i want to mention shib token at shib token if you feel like you missed the bottom cryptocurrency you have not still going strong shib is mooning right now going up already removed one zero it's on its way please 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 i'm not asking you to invest i'm asking you to go find more information at ship token on twitter slash x s-h-i-b-t-o-k-e-n and make sure you're following us on twitter while you're there e-b-e-b-l-m-r-k look for hashtag ems212 uh today i want to thank executive producer jennifer and schenectady i want to thank jared who hopefully we're meeting tomorrow for on other stuff. I'm going to see if he'll do a quick after hours. So maybe we'll have some additional content there. And then like I, like we talked about earlier in the episode, 
week is packed next week. Uh, File and Entertainment on Tuesday. Bright Brains are probably Wednesday or Thursday. We got next week's show. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to uh, record some stuff with uh, Jared tomorrow. All kinds of content on this feed and other feeds. Eric, of course, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, tell us about, and thank you for participating in the Sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't feel so alone. <laughs> wow, happy to do it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> tell us. <laughs> Tell us about file entertainment. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, if you if you ever if you during this whole season three, if you ever do an Owen Wilson <laughs> movie, you almost kind of have to pick an Owen Wilson movie at some point just to do your. <laughs> you're trying to do the entire uh, synopsis and everything in Owen Wilson voice and character. Like, yeah, I don't know if it could be done. Just, just give the description in the Owen Wilson voice. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I got, though. I mean, basically, I'm just as one note as he is. Just wow, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yes, file under entertainment podcast available on all platforms. Uh, Mark heavily featured for more uh, shenanigans and nonsense and pop culture buffoonery, much like this. Uh, a lot of uh, also some earnest good stuff as well movie deep dives and whatnot and especially uh, during the music season you got to hear a lot about Mark especially during uh, his musical journey was a really good one Uh, Grateful Dead and Garbage was the first time that he joined us and got to talk about something that he's passionate about with the Grateful Dead so obviously a lot of uh, good stuff if you like Mark content uh, please go you know, start with those episodes and, you know, maybe branch out from there. If you can tolerate any more of me, I, I promise I limit my own Wilson uh, <laughs> buffoonery to, to just this show, just this one time for now. So we'll see. For, for now, I'm, I'm going to start working on my Vince Vaughn right away. So we can, <laughs> I, I'm going to find us, a, I'm going to find us a scene from Wedding Crashers next week and we'll, We'll 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 use that to fill in the gap here. Right. <laughs> Looking forward to that, uh, guys. Yeah, you have to check that out. This this one on Tuesday is going to be huge, monumental because because of the movies selected, because of what people like of these movies. We all three of us, I think, love Caddyshack. I, I know the Crow is like right up the alley for everyone. Cool Hand Luke is going to be a, a big one. Cool Hand Luke, I think, is we joke about Jared, but I think J- Jared will be able to relate on some level to that as well, too. So I think we're going to have a barn burner on Tuesday. Make sure you're going back, listening to those prior episodes. Get prepared. Get ready. Make sure you're checking out File Entertainment. And, and make sure you're checking me out on Bright Brains Podcast. I will make sure I'm tweeting that out the moment that one comes out or the moment I know one for more, more information about when that comes out. I will tweet that out. Look for hashtag EMS212 on that notice. I'll let you know where we're at. And uh, I know he'll be, he'll, he'll be kind of thrilled because he was like, are you going to mention that on your show? And I was like, yes, <laughs> I will. De- I will overly mention every, all our private conversations I all mention on the show. So uh, make sure huge week coming up guys. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, again, what's Wrigley watching? Go back and listen to the first part of the show. Do have a free t-shirt, any size for our winner. Hopefully we have a winner by now. It's already done. They, we, and next week we can play the clip from, from the arachnids in the Amazon, which wasn't in the movie, but <laughs> a, a great clip nonetheless, but not as good as this final clip that I'm going to take you out of here with. So my love for, for Alex Jones is, 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 is unabashed. Uh, and, and one of the things I love are not only the sound clips, the drops is, his, I'm telling you, it's what all the ancients said. It's what they warned of. It's what we're dealing with. They're demons. 
it's it's all it's all wonderful. Evil ain't cool and evil ain't fun. But once again, just like our gay frog song, it took an intrepid YouTube user to find the best Alec Jones clips. And for once, if if you if if you love Vampire Weekend, if you're a fan of indie rock, you will love this song. This is Alex Indie Jones and his song. Until next time, be uncomfortable, be uncompromising, and most importantly, be kind. Paradigm of absolute control. And that's why we're just out here doing simple things, pointing out that we're meant to be in nature and be natural. And this is where we find the source that God made to transcend the new world order. And that's why they want to try to keep us out of it. I'm angry. <laughs> I've had enough of these people. Little bones of Christian murderers gone. Maryland giant death factories keeping babies alive. These are all things he said. He said these things. in the creepy weird six of men. She sleeps in the same room with that creepy weirdo woman whose mother wears a hood over her head. That woman number one is ugly. Imagine how bad she smells, man. I told her and Obama just stink. Obama and Hillary both smell like sulfur. <laughs> Get a rule, vampire pot, then the goblins are hobbling round, coming after us. My spirit gets close to that evil, and I feel it go. Ah, ah, ah. We're such self centered crap, we don't even notice, and it's self rising up against us. Millions of pointed people of the very worst type. So good. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> All things that I was I watching 